live from Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. We are live. Happy, happy Tuesday. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, alongside Chris Watkins. Another big game for the Sacramento Kings tonight. Kings and Celtics. Uh, I feel like we have to start the show uh, with an apology, though. To who? Well, not to Chris. Chris Verlod's back today. Oh. But Chris. Wait, are we, are we sick yet? Wait, play the voicemail? I can't call me in. So weird yeah, that he would sneeze into the voicemail. It it, that's how bad it was. Yeah. Welcome back, Chris. Welcome back, Thank Chris. You. But I feel like we have to start today's show uh, with an apology from Chris Watkins. Oh, who yes. yesterday, I was really hoping this was going to be for me. I have no idea Yesterday on the show, Chris Verlod, this guy was calling Matthew Delvadova <laughs> the human beam. Oh, and yeah, so when you see him, that means the Kings are winning and they won the game. Oh, uh, Matthew oh, Delvadova came in in the first quarter yesterday <laughs> in Salt Lake City. It, it felt like it was over at that point, though, did it not? <laughs> so it was like the Jazz beam then. Yes. Okay. okay. It goes both then. ways. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a symbol. Okay. It's a white flag. Okay. Maybe the human white flag is better. Are, than are you going to apologize? Oh, I need to oh, apologize. Yeah, you're the one who's pushing this narrative, yeah, I and I kind of bought in for a second, but uh, <laughs> sure. it took one game for it to all go away. I know. One. Well, Just was, one. <laughs> next game. <laughs> it really was like, what, 10 minutes, too? It wasn't even like a full game. Uh, yeah, so, sure. I uh, where's where, Which camera am I on? This one? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Dele, mate, proper sorry. That's English. Uh, wait, what did you say? Is that English? Yeah, proper, proper sorry. Oh, yeah, proper sorry. Okay, yeah. I didn't know what he said. Yeah. I, was I love well, it. Said Papa to be, sorry. Needs to be a little bit more nasally. Oh, be a little oh, bit more nasally? See, this guy, he's got yeah. all the... Uh, yeah. I just got to... Yeah. I got to, like, picture it in my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, bite. Oh, good, good. Is, is that good? Maybe yeah. hold your nose. Hold my nose. There you go. Oh, Perfect. This guy's a... Delay. Sorry, mate. No, see, Del- that's my vibe. I'm sorry, the Delay part kind of you sound like Forrest Gump. Delay, you're not. Delay, I yeah, love Del-ay. you, Delay. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, yeah, Kings lost. <laughs> sorry, last <Del-ay>. night. <laughs> in Salt Lake City. I know uh, we were talking about before. I was telling Morgan the night before the Jazz game. I'm a little worried about this game. You know, four, fourth game in six nights, <sighs> final game of the road trip. But once we found out marketing wasn't playing and Sexton and Clarkson, I'm like, all right, Kings should be able to take care of business. Just one of those nights, man. I and I don't know. Does does a loss like that concern you? Not for me. I think if yeah. anything, I came out of it just um, a little bit, a little bit disappointed. In not even like I'm so disappointed in them. It was I was disappointed because it was the perfect situation. Shorthanded Jazz yeah. Squad end of the road trip that they be killing it, and it's like you're about to go home and play the Celtics. Let's get your guys some rest, and they just couldn't capitalize on that and that's okay it's going to happen um you saw whether it was fatigue just the flatness the energy came out weird but the jazz came out with an energy that was above all and they just couldn't match it right away it's definitely disappointing like morgan's saying it's the win itself or i'm sorry the loss itself it's like it's great that they 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 managed to to pull themselves back together and and tie the game up and make it a game late but it is definitely concerning the fact that this is kind of again a situation where it feels like you know I 
compared it to Portland, where the Portland game right after the break, where Dame didn't play, Anthony Simons didn't play, Nurkic didn't play. And it kind of felt like how we felt going into last night, where it's like, all right, their stars aren't aren't there. We should just take care of business, making an easy one, coast to the end. And for whatever reason, they come out hot. The Kings overlook them. And, uh, you know, it, that's that's not good. Like, that's not a good thing to have to your team. It's great that they were able to, in real time, compose themselves and come back. But um, that part is definitely concerning and not something that we should just brush off. Yeah, I, I just the, – the way they started the game, first quarter, I mean – 40 to 19. Ah. Yeah. Like, and that's really bad. That's <laughs> terrible. I, I was trying to figure out what was, I was more upset about, the offense or the defense. The offense was pretty bad to start. I thought the zone gave them issues for Fits. sure. And they and then, you know, you're missing shots. Utah just pushing in transition. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were really playing with good pace. And I just thought the Kings defense was last night were just bad. I mean, it was the first quarter that was awful. And then late stages, fourth quarter. They they made some big time mistakes. I thought Malik Monk really struggled defensively. Harrison Barnes really struggled defensively. They got hurt last night by guys that you don't expect to hurt you. Like Abaji, I like him a lot. We saw him in the G League, mm-hmm. but Chris Dunn, yeah, seventeen and ten. Come well, on. going back to just what you're saying about the Kings' defense, I mean, look at the first half. Zero yeah. fast break points. So no deflections, no steals. You know, yeah. they're just the activity defensively um, right there from the start wasn't good. The tone wasn't set. Then you obviously saw a little bit of a comeback, but you're exactly right. You talk about Malik Monk and Harrison Barnes. Um whether they just couldn't lock in physically or mentally, it just seemed like guys were blowing by them a little bit more. But I also want I just keep sprinkling on the credit to the Utah Jazz because there's so many times last night that they looked good. It wasn't just the Mm -hmm. Kings looking bad. The Kings didn't look like themselves, but the Utah Jazz, you mentioned some of those names and the way that they were going at the basket. And then you have someone like Walker Kessler, who was just a beast in the middle. Five blocks, you know, he finished with the night. I mean, that alters a, a very good offense on so many different levels, but then on the other end, too, he's just a threat because he's so big on the inside. That was the thing, too. They couldn't get anything going inside the paint. It's just mm-hmm. not not just Kessler, right? Like, it, they're long, right? With, with that young team, they're young, they're athletic, they're playing that zone. Walker Kessler had a big-time impact, but the Kings were like 19 of 40 in the paint. Yeah. Not very good at all inside the paint. They were outscored 40 to 19 in the first, but the Kings outscored them the rest of the way, 101 to 88. Mm. That's like what happened in the Knicks game earlier this year, where they put themselves down really bad early in the first, and even a heroic Herculean effort can't save you from from just the pit that you put yourself in. Uh, how did you guys feel about Malik last night? Because it did feel like a lot of living and dying by Malik, the good and the bad. It felt like we were getting portions of it for portions of the game it was either he was hitting shots and he was doing his Malik thing or I think he was five of 15 or something like that from the field Mm -hmm. yesterday felt like at points he was kind of shooting them out of the game as well I I thought especially early the Kings were settling for awful shots like it's what I don't mind them taking threes but it's about like what kind of threes are you getting sure are there paint touches creating those threes or are you just settling because you can't get anything against the zone TD TD did that and that's why he didn't play much last night I was surprised I didn't like Monk's game last night Mm -hmm. And I understand he can get hot, and he's so fun to watch. Yeah. I thought defensively he really let them down. And I felt like Brown thought he had a close with him last night because mm-hmm. you, you don't have Herter. 
they're playing the zone. You need another guy to attack the zone. You yeah. needed someone to be a playmaker. And Kessler yeah, Edwards sure. is not going to do that. Yeah, no, for sure. and Malik feels comfortable in that role, and that's exactly. I mean, that's exactly how I feel. Deuce is the. That's why Mike Brown felt like okay. Well, we got to keep continuing with this. He's bringing the energy. He's bringing the paint touches. He's finding ways to break down this zone more and more than other people are doing. Otherwise, they just kept passing along the perimeter yeah. and not really breaking it enough. But, again, it shows their struggles against these longer teams. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't well, just Walker Kessler. And tonight, you, you take on a team that's oh, only long. Like, yeah. They're top four in offensive rating yep. and defensive rating. So annoying. We'll talk King Celtics in a bit, but... It's tough. Sabonis said after the game last night, it sucks because obviously tomorrow we have Boston. Would have been nice to get this one. But if anything, especially me, it should light some fire up everyone's behind and come ready to play for tomorrow. And, yeah, I mean, look, the thing I do like about last night, the Kings didn't roll over. And it would have been easy final game of a road trip. You got a game tonight against Boston. Be like, we're down 25. We don't have it tonight. Dude, Fox... Got him back in yeah. that game. I thought De'Aaron was awesome last night. When your two best guys play hard, and Sabonis played hard last night. Yeah. He didn't have a good night, but Fox was outstanding in that second and third quarter. He and Keegan combined for 33 mm. points in the third quarter. Ooh. Fox was nasty. He's in step back threes. Mm-hmm. I-, I loved his game last night. Yeah, he looks so confident right now. I was just talking uh, on, on my show, Chris and Company, uh, leading into this. Oh, yeah. About how it just feels like his his confidence in his jump shot the past, what, week or so has definitely risen to another level. We saw him take 12 threes the other day, and now this is another game where he's, he was 6 of 9 from 3. He was 5 of 6 from 3 in the second and third quarters. Like, he, he was – it was, and you mentioned, yeah, it was great to see De'Aaron – not give up on this game and feel like it's still within reach and for him to to personally take the accountability to bring that fourth quarter magic before the fourth quarter. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that second quarter he was keeping them afloat, and that third quarter he was a huge region, reason why they were able to uh, to bring the game back. So that's, that's exactly what you want to see from one of your two best players. It was so, I mean, just like you said, the way that his jump shot has just it keeps getting better. It keeps evolving. It keeps developing where the confidence, the, the, um, the flow behind it. I mean, Mm -hmm. everything just seems super consistent with his shot and it doesn't matter where he goes on the floor. And I think when he was taking it in, he did a fantastic job of seeing if someone like Walker Kessler was going to commit to him. He knew every time he wasn't going to, because he would just blow by him. And so he wouldn't. So what he would do, stop pop, beat his guy, stop pop, make the shot. Then from beyond the arc, just like you were talking about six for nine from three point land, but it was the way he was making – he was creating yeah. some of those threes for himself. And that's where it's just like – it's fantastic. His confidence, his um, understanding of where he is on the floor, mm-hmm. where the screen is. He just wants to shoot that shot now, and it's yeah. a great shot for him. Well, we're going to talk more about this game. It's, it sounds like we're not all, like, super disappointed. Like, no, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, no. You wanted that game. Yeah. Yeah. Are we growing as fans a little bit here? We're not bugged too much by. Is it because they came back? Deuce, come on. We've we've done this all season long. I it's mean, it's because it was a three and one road trip. That's why. Yeah, I think it's more just the fact that we've stacked wins and like if you know if this team was five hundred at this point and we just went through that loss, we'd probably be. I'll tell you this: heated. if they keep playing competitive games like this, I said this from the beginning of the season. I didn't care if they translated to wins or losses. Now my expectations sure. have changed a little bit, but I don't care. This style of basketball, competitive play, like it's what I want to see. But yes, now I expect a little bit more out of them. Well, let's talk more about the game. 
and we got to talk about what Keegan Murray did last night. It's Deuce and Mo alongside Chris Watkins. We're taking a one-minute break on the radio side, always live at youtube.com slash sports 1140. In Mo on Sacktown Sports. Oh, yeah, Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, alongside Chris Watkins. Of course, his brand-new show. It's in its third week. It's still new. It airs right before us, right here in Sacktown Sports, 10 to 11. He's crushing it from 10 to 11. Well, and here, too. Yeah. Not, it's not just 10 to 11. Yeah. yeah. It takes a major, yeah, major drop, drop off 11, 11 to 12. <sighs> he is, and he's doing major shows the Thursday and Friday. Oh, oh yeah. He's right. going to be with me Thursday because yeah. you have, I have to do a TV interview with someone. With Lindsay Harding, right? Oh, is my that... God. What? Yeah. What is that? And then Friday, we're off because we have Stockton, Stockton Kings. Yep. Stockton Kings basketball, 11 a.m. tip-off at Golden love One that. Center. Isn't that I cool? love it, too. Packed. Light the beam. Well, the crowd. Early beam lighting. Was that, was that sarcasm there? The Cra- crowd probably won't be packed. <laughs> but 11 a.m. tip is tough. I'm super excited to call a game from just, like, those seats and be like, whoa, I am at an NBA arena calling a game. Against Mexico City, as you know. Wow. Scalabissier. His return to Golden One Center. Right. Kenneth Farid in the building. Whoa. Honestly, <laughs> that's actually crazy. Yeah. Golden One Center, you got two games that day. 11 a.m., yeah. you've got Stockton. By the way, the number one team in the G League Let's right now. Let's go. They have a first-round bye in the playoffs. Um, they're taking on Mexico City. So you get to see them in action. They tip off at 11, then Kings and Suns that night. How do uh, G League playoffs work out? Is it one and done? Is Single it, uh, elimination until the finals. That is terrifying. I Yeah. No, It is especially when you're like, you have a season like you did, like the Stockton yeah. Kings, and you can just be, well, they get the bye, but then, so next week, we'll have to see. So it's just a straight up tournament. You might be doing another show next week, too. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so Chris is with me. Yeah. <laughs> Mexico that? City. How many games in the finals? Three. 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 Best of three. And the Kings right now, the best record in the G League, so they would have home court advantage Ooh. in the uh, G League finals. Who's some other potential threats out there? Uh, to win it all? Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, in the West, you're talking about? I, I can break down this. Break a Sioux it down. Falls Sky Force, they oh may be God. like the fifth, sixth seed right now, really? but I'm telling Associated you. with the Miami Heat. Uh, they, so, they destroyed yeah, Stockton the other night. And then um, Long Island Nets in the East, they, they've been pretty good uh, all year. Stockton's going to have a chance. Memphis Hustle. Yeah. Look out. Yeah. But shout out Bobby Jackson, dude. Oh my god. Definitely, for sure. I mean, like the fact that yeah, Bobby's got that team humming. Like I don't I don't Yeah. Dude, I don't know how many people really like believe that Bobby could like be a like wasn't just like a player personnel yes. kind of guy, like yeah. could actually be a coach and he's survived quite a few coaching stints here and he's, you know, he's proving himself to to be a really good coach. He is. No, and that's the thing like it's my favorite part is seeing him coach up close and I think because we know on and off the court, he's going to shoot it to you straight. Yeah. Like, no matter what. He's so funny. He's And he's he's funny. (laughs) He knows, like, you have to be building relationships while still, like, having that tough love. Completely. And he understands the game at such a high level. He's brought this team together in so many different ways. I'm super happy he's doing, he's seen success with the squad. Do they play a video tribute for Scal when he plays in that game? Is it? Yeah, I mean, everyone remembers that 30-point performance in Phoenix, right? Honestly, Never it's forget. so funny. Never that forget. popped up on my Facebook memories last week. Or what? earlier this Whoa. year. It was like six years ago or something What's like Facebook? That. <laughs> I, you know, I have a Facebook. I don't use it, but I check it every once in a while because I get random messages from, like, Nick. Coach Nick. <laughs> That's where I, you check yeah. it? Oh, my uh, God. I deleted mine so long ago. I know. I'm, I'm almost to that point. 
Yeah. But if you're anti-Facebook, don't you kind of have to be anti-Instagram? No, the same company. I'm not yeah, yeah, anti. I, mean, yeah. I just like... Meta. There's too... And see, I'm not even... Anti, it's just too many... There's too many platforms. Like yeah, I, Facebook's old. I deleted my LinkedIn, Facebook. too. Yeah. It's just... Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's like a whole move. I know. And that was... You, got, you uh, co- I have a lot of confidence in yourself, don't you? Okay. Uh, you know, here's my thing on LinkedIn. It's pretty pointless. It's a lot of flexing. A lot of self-serving lot of garbage. Yep. <laughs> Ugh. Well, so me and my team to just so put fun. together a great seminar in, in Vegas at the yes. Hyatt Regency Wait, Convention Center. I was doing some self-reflection during my lunch break today, and I came up with three reasons why productivity, <laughs> it's like so you stupid. You guys say this, but I feel like I'm like self-serving on all my platforms. Like That's None so of it's different. about me. It's about no, my work. You're promoting your work as you do digital content. Okay. You have okay. to do right. that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, That's true. Um, we should talk some more Kings. Shout out to 209 and the Stockton Kings. But Keegan Murray last night. Keegan That's Murray tough. knocked down some shots, yeah. showed some nice things. What what jumped out to you about Keegs last night? Just knocking down the shots, honestly, is big. Like, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing he can do for this team. He gets a lot of open looks, and, and he's knocking them down the past two games. I think a combined 11 made threes in his past two games, and he's creeping up on that that uh, rookie record for, yeah. for most threes in a season. So I think it's really just getting comfortable knocking down open looks is is really big for Keegan. And, and you know, we can put the rest of the development on hold as long long as you know he's still he's still knocking down shots and staying on the floor i think that's the most important thing right now i i love the way that he was i thought especially last night he looked like a force with the way that he was moving without the basketball um and even when he had the basketball and he was putting it on the floor there was this one moment down the left lane and he started he saw it open like a defender lost Mm -hmm. him or they were in a zone and no one was um over in that space and he just starts cutting and someone starts to pass the ball like they almost passed the ball behind him because he was like no i'm going full speed boom and he just like was going with so much strength finished with the layup but i just loved it because it wasn't just soft it Mm -hmm. wasn't like when he was trying to go up with a little hook shot or the other night when we saw him he wasn't sure if he wanted to go with a dunk or uh, a finger roll and it's like he's being more decisive and he's being aggressive with everything that he's doing it's the growth that's what you want to see and I, i i love his game you start thinking about if he can consistently like put the ball on the floor, mm-hmm. if he can make mm-hmm. and attack the basket with some authority, yeah. we'll couple that with his jumper. And I think he shows a lot of signs defensively. Mm-hmm. He showed that last night, some deflections. He's going to be a really good player. Like, what's Keegan going to look like in two years? Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing is just like as he matures and as he gets more and more confident in himself and like his his own abilities and what he's able to do. That's going to be the interesting thing because he's not like a super vocal or super like outwardly energetic guy. And so it's it's going to be a lot of like it feels like fundamental stuff and and uh, just kind of getting, you know, I don't think his game is ever going to be super loud. I just think it's going to be a really tight, compact, clean, not making a lot of mistakes, which is I think the way that Mike Brown's trying to mold him right now with how just I mean, on his back he is with every little mistake he makes. But you know what will be loud about it is that it will be one of those as he keeps developing in my opinion one of those like fundamental solid games where you're just seeing the stat line you're seeing him rebounding the ball you're seeing him shoot the ball with efficiency you're seeing his shot selection um he's taking great shots like all these things and and defensively you're gonna see deflection box whatever verticality I feel like he already has so much, so many of those things 
not perfected, but just he does He's them all. He's got them, yeah. Yeah, like he... It's ed- in his bag somewhere. Totally. Yeah. And so now think about him going into the next season right. and then having conditioning under his belt. And then the next season, knowing what he needs to do for his body when going up against a bigger body. Like, mm-hmm. each year, Deuce, I'm so excited for his future in the NBA. And he closed that game last night. Yeah. yeah. That's growth. It is. It That's, definitely I mean, is. we saw some moments yeah. uh, recently where he's not playing a lot down mm-hmm. the stretch. Yeah. So... Uh, we'll talk more about what happened last night. We also have to look ahead to Kings and Celtics. Jalen Brown in an article today is like, I don't know. Am I going to stay with Boston long term? We'll see. Mm. Interesting. We'll see. Come on over, an- bud. <laughs> Could you imagine Jalen Brown with the Kings? Yes, I can. Ooh. Yes, I can. I imagine That's it often. Instant contenders. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But who you would have to, well, have you to, have to give up? Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that next. Keegan right here on Disney. <laughs> yeah. On Sacktown Sports on 40, SacktownSports.com. And Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. Night. It's going to be a big one at Golden One Center, but the Kings are playing their fifth game in seven nights. The Celtics have been off. They last played Saturday when they lost to the Utah Jazz. So both teams coming off losses to the Utah Jazz. Celtics have had a couple days to chill, hang out, and now they get Robert Williams back. You said they went to Napa, had some That's what someone was saying. Yeah, I think Dave was saying that on Twitter. Good. Hope they're all hungover. Exactly. That's the last place you want to go for wine in the area. What a bunch of of idiots. You're more of a Lodi guy, huh? (laughs) I'm more of an Amador County guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Better than Napa. Yes. Wow. I'm not that big of a wine guy. Although, isn't it kind of disrespectful that they go, we don't want to spend that much time in Sacramento. Right. Going to go to Napa. No, they're in California. No, and it's no, just no. Like they a... would not do that if they were in San Francisco. It's a Sacramento yeah. thing. It's okay. a purely Sacramento thing. Right. Maybe we got to teach Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum where the good spots are in Sacramento. Ooh. Maybe they would change their mind. Yeah, we'll show them local wine wins mm-hmm. here in Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Jalen Brown, he's been in the news a lot. Like Logan Murdoch just did a piece with him on The Ringer. He's in a New York Times piece over the weekend, too. They did a profile on him. He was asked about his Celtics future because he can become a free agent in the summer of 2024. Mm. I don't know. The bidding I, war in 2024? Yes, the bidding war in 2024. He says, quote, I don't know. As long as I'm needed, it's not up to me. We'll see how they feel about me over time and how I feel about them over time. Hopefully, whatever it is, it makes sense. But I will stay where I'm wanted. I will stay where I'm needed and treated correct. I mean... That's crazy. You think that's crazy? I mean, that just does not sound positive. I'm a Celtics See, it's fan. so funny. I read that and go, yeah. I mean, it's this is this is the NBA stuff changes. Thank you so fast. Sure. Summer of 2024. I don't know what I'm Time doing out. In, in three weeks here. And not only this, you guys. Not not <laughs> not only this, but you think about how Jalen Brown's name. Was always in the trade talk sure. whenever yeah, they. So why the hell? Again, Very how fair. many times do I have to tell you guys? Companies, organizations don't care about you. Yeah, for sure. So why are you going to care about them? You got to do what's best for you, and that's what yeah. Jalen Brown is just like being honest about. I don't, I don't think his comments themselves are crazy. I just think that if I'm a Celtics fan, that's not at all what I would want to hear. And I absolutely hear and agree with everything you just said. Uh, it's just, you know, like the Celtics were just in the finals last year. They're trying to make a finals run again this year. They're one of the younger teams in the league with uh, with star talent. And 
you know, I would just like to maybe hear like, yeah, things are going great, and uh, you know, we're we're just focused well, on winning a title right now. Well, maybe the, the issue is the fact that Boston Celtics fans, some of them are. Not good. Are you t- th- what? Yeah, breaking news. <laughs> Not good. The New York Times did a piece on Jalen Brown, too, and they were asking. The question was, other athletes have spoken about the negative way that fans have treated black athletes while sure, playing in Boston. In Boston yeah. Have you experienced any of that? He says, I have, but I pretty much block it all out. It's not the whole Celtic fan base, but it is a part of the fan base, fan sure. base that exists within the Celtic nation that is problematic. If you have a bad game, they tie it to your personal character. I definitely think there's a group or an amount within the Celtic Nation that is extremely toxic and does not want to see athletes use their platform, or they just want you to play basketball and entertain and go home. And that's a problem to me. Mm. Well, you know what? And it's like, sure, we can sit here and say like, oh, that happens everywhere. But when you look at different cities that are more diversified than others, than Boston, let's just be real, it's like, oh, I I get it. And I'm going to trust the people the oppressed communities that are telling me this right. in a New York Times article that that's what's going on. Yeah, no. And Jalen Brown's a super educated guy. He's, I think the um, co uh, the uh, vice president of the Players Association, yes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's he's well versed on a lot of uh, social justice issues as well. Been very front facing and and a bunch of different movements. Uh, yeah, I mean the fact that he says that that could absolutely have a huge you know a huge impact on how he feels about where he at he's at right now because that is a major part of the boston celtics history yeah there's a lot of good yeah bill russell is one of the first to do a lot of things and break a lot of barriers but a lot of that came with a lot of scrutiny Mm. from hometown boston which bill russell also pretty much hates celtics fans as well which is kind of the you know i don't know it was it was an interesting dynamic for sure where one of their best players of all time isn't a fan of the fan base, but the fan base kind of retroactively loved him, if that makes sense. So yeah. I don't know. It's just yeah. it's just kind of a weird relationship that, that Boston seems to have with black athletes in general. Well, and I, I think nowadays, too, it's with, with social media, it just feels like it's even more intense. Sure. Right? Because you can hop on Twitter now. Back in the day, if you wanted to say something to a player, it'd have to be at a game. Maybe well, you see him. Radio as well. I mean, radio. Talk yeah, radio for sure. Big. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> when, if you're in, back in the day, if someone was criticizing you in talk radio, you were either A, going out of your way to listen, or sure, someone was right. telling you. Yes, right. Now you just pop up, uh, open your social media feed, and right. you're going, oh, you suck. At oh, Jaylen you're Brown, awful. Right. Stick to basketball. Shut up and dribble, Jalen. Yeah. All those stupid things that some people decide to say. But, yeah, I, I do wonder if, like, that plays into this whole thing for Jalen Brown, the future, too. And man, where did he go to college, guys? Where did he go to college? I think it was California, Berkeley. Ayo. Okay. Mm. So the Kings changing their culture, vibes. You feel it. You know? The fans love you here. Four California teams. Oh, my goodness. Four California teams. Okay. So where would you want to go? Sacramento one. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Forbes. Come on, Forbes list. Of, I of no, you're one right. One of the best places to the, live in California. Right? The Forbes it's- list always sells me, but I always, I always get this weird feeling, even with someone like Jalen Brown, where. I mean, you guys see what that Lakers platform does for guys. Austin Reeves, right. he can for get, better or uh, worse too. For better or for worse, yeah, exactly. Right. And I just go, I think of so many guys that have the connections with California. Always think that first, because yeah. even from a business standpoint. You're elevated. You are elevated. But if you truly love the sport 
and you truly are like a basketball purist, right now you have some of the best basketball in California right here in Sacramento. I love that. Let's let's make that our, our pitch. It's you just like, like if you're a real like if you're not into like the Are you a hooper? Like, yeah, are you exactly are you a hooper? Yes. Like do you do you actually care about like the sport? Like all the mm. fame, money, like that's for the bird. That's, that's cool. for that's cool. let LeBron have that. I we, don't care. We just actually play basketball. Yeah. Here. I don't like, know. We, like, we just play heard of it? the right way. Like we sh- we want to share the rock? Yeah. Cool. Like Sabonis was just in a piece by Zach Lowe today talking about how oh. one of the things he loved about Fox is that Fox's willingness to be like, yeah, you have control of the rock. Right. It's cool. Yeah. Sharing is caring yeah. here in Sacramento. And yep. oh, and let me tell you, the arena, it's beautiful. beautiful. It keeps growing. And now yep. that the Kings are winning, I feel like Doko is getting more and more full. At the forefront of a lot of social justice issues Ooh, as well. Sacramento yes. Kings, very progressive. Yes. They're, I, I want to go here. <laughs> Well, that's 2024. We got a ways oh, to okay, go. Okay. Unfer- Enforcer in the chat, I, uh, guys, I totally messed this up, I guess. Uh, you realize Berkeley is closer to the Warriors than us, right? Is that how that works? No, I didn't think about wait. that. Mm. Is it? Oh, my God. I didn't. Mm. Wow. Geography. Yeah, no, I forgot the Warriors are flush with money in 2024 to go. <laughs> hey, oh. Brown. Yeah. Why would he want to go to a mid level team? Yeah, oh. I mean, you want to you want to go to a play in team? I love this. Do you want to go to a play-in team? Right. That's yeah. No, not me. Like, I'm not play-in material. I'm playoff. I'm championship material. Warriors also, you know, kind of a little full at. I mean, I'm sure they'd make room for Jalen Brown, but you know, they're they're kind of set yeah. in their their yeah. guard forward. In thing, San Francisco, yeah. like have fun driving in that city. Yeah. If I was an NBA player, fans would a hundred percent matter to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't sure. want to play somewhere where one the fans are toxic. And I saw Young Cobe in the chat say, "Well, I felt like Kings fans were toxic they toward Bagley." Be. They can no, be. for sure. And that's a that's that Absolutely. is a problem with social media, right? Yeah. Is sometimes the the loudest people are m- right. mainly the most critical, right? Jalen Brown even said it like yeah. that exists. Toxicity it's exists everywhere, in all everywhere. But if I was a player, I want to go somewhere where the fans are engaged. They love the product. They yep. come out and support every single night. I don't want to be playing somewhere where it's a Tuesday night and you're looking around going. So that would be empty Houston. And then I don't want to go somewhere like Philly where they're going to spit on me if I'm bad. <laughs> yeah. I, You know what I mean? And it's like I'd be fine with tough media markets. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't like it. But do you want my free agent destination list? Yeah, yeah. My top yeah. five? Let's do it. Uh, Sacramento, Sacramento. Okay. Sacramento is near the top. It's out of order. Yeah. Uh, New York, the Knicks. I want to play the Knicks. Because fans, it's packed every night. It feels like big games. The Oregon. Yes. How about like the, the negative side of Knicks fandom where it's just like, if you don't play well, like, I feel like that's more like Knicks fans will, I don't know. I feel like the fans sometimes can. I guess not for necessarily their guys. They're, but you know what? They're super. They're, they're I think, passionate. I think the they're passionate, is there. Yeah, but they're fair. Sure. I think they're fair. I think, Knicks, I think so for the most Knicks part. Knicks fans, far more fair than Celtics <laughs> They're dealing fans. with Julius Randle right now, and they're doing pretty fine with that. They're they're not yeah. throwing him out, which I personally would be uh, on. You mean I the guy f- who had 50, 57. He had 52 oh through three quarters in, last in night. In a loss, by the way. Yeah, in a loss. To the shorthand. Dude, the most yeah. random stuff that happened that game. Torian Prince dropped 35. He only missed one shot. He was 8 of 8 from 3. Yeah. It was wild. I was like, what oh, is that? I'll give you the rest of my list coming up. Okay. We're going to take a break After on the radio break. side. We're always live. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's Juice and Mo alongside Chris Watkins on Sacktown Sports.
live and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. Morgan's having some major issues. Her skin is breaking out. Rashes everywhere. Bumps. Dryness. Like, Wait, are you going to the game tonight, King Celtics? I well, I'll, I'll just cake on makeup. I don't think you should go with that. Like, look, look. at my neck compared to but my stop face. Stop touching it. It's probably not helping. Definitely like, stop not helping. itching. Yeah, you know, it reminds me. Yeah, no. I'm gonna. You're gonna need like uh, oven mitts on or something. Yeah, there we go. From scratching. So, I, you guys want my uh, top top yes, five free, free agent? Please. Or, uh, Deuce Mason, yes. because I care about fans. Sacramento. Sacramento's up there. Okay. The, the Knicks. The Knicks. Not yeah. Brooklyn. Not Brooklyn. Brooklyn's too no. phony. It's okay. corny. It yeah. doesn't feel genuine. They don't have real fans. Uh, next up, I'd go Portland. I like their fans. Keeping it weird, I Sacramento guess. Sacramento of the North, kind of. Yeah. You know, there's some, like, there's also a lot of not good there. Oh, yeah. That's the I know. I know. No. And, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's that's just, we, it's random. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that random? It, it's definitely random. That's it's a great fan base. Okay. Uh, if you learn the history of Oregon, it's, it's a yeah, good fan base. Like, there's like things. Learn the history of this country. Yeah. What is this built on? <laughs> no. Nothing is good here. Specifically, <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> oh, yeah. California, just known yeah. for being just pure and great. Nothing yeah. bad's ever happened in this. No. Like, State. Lewis and Clark, great humans. Yeah. I'm sure they did nothing wrong. Everything's um, problematic. Everything. Everything is. Let's be real. I'm going to put Chicago on my list. Great. I feel like that's an underrated city. And my last sure. ones may surprise you a little bit. What? And this is more of, I kind of dig the weather during basketball season there. Phoenix. Oh. Yeah, so there you sure. go. There's my list. You want to team up with uh, Booker down there? It's not what, about are you, that. what are your three that you'd be like, you know what? I want to play there. They got the fan base. They got So not like. You know, the Garden's a good shout. I mean, just playing at the Garden every night has to be so cool. Okay. Like, just that stage has yeah. to be awesome for sure. Um, you know, the Kings, obviously, for okay. obvious reasons. Um, Utah, not on the list. Utah is definitely not, not on, on my list. Yeah. 32. I, I, I went there for All-Star. I don't know if I'll it, ever go back. It is weird that Oof. Gordon Hayward played for Utah and Boston. Is oh. it weird? Interesting. It's not Interesting. weird. Yeah. No, I just... Stop. Fitting. Um, now he plays in Charlotte, so <laughs> I don't know what that says. I, I literally don't. Um, <laughs> um, third destination. Yeah. I mean, how about how about Miami? Oh, I also love Miami. No, no Miami. Yeah. Their fans are. Terrible. Their fans are terrible. They don't care. No, and do you, I love the grit he, and grind. Look at his, like you're talking about bad states. Florida. How about Spolstra? Yeah, Flor- anything in Florida yeah. sucks. Anything. It's goes, being though. taken over by snakes. I don't know. If you and know. it's getting. <laughs> but if you're rich, arguably, if I don't you're know rich, if there's a better anywhere place. Life is great because then you yeah, can protect you know, yourself taxes, from all. Taxes. You can build the big, biggest <laughs> yeah. house you want to build. This is where I know I'm su- a such a big homer is because I legitimately like would rather have Sacramento over Miami. Underrated. It's yeah. so, from a oh, weather perspective, for location, sure. fan base, yeah. great arena. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kings so, fans, I mean, Kings front office just needs to have me yeah. and Morgan meet with Selling. players, and oh. we will sell the SL this yeah. year. We say this all the time that Visit Sacramento should pay us millions a year to wow. talk to people about how great Sacramento is. I mean, anytime NBA people come in town, we bring them to the top places. I'm not just yeah. talking fancy places. I'm talking yeah, no, just no, like no, for sure. Like the heart of Sacramento yes. places. And no, I um, love that. 
we're in love with this city more than anyone in the world. Something that happened to the NBA last (laughs) night I want to bring up. What? What what was your reaction, Chris, to what happened with Kyrie and Dylan Brooks after the game where they went for the the jersey swap. Dylan Brooks goes to swap jerseys with Kyrie, and Kyrie does not take Dylan Brooks' jersey. That is, A, I love it. I can't believe I'm – that's a rare Kyrie dub uh, in, in this uh, media landscape. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was hilarious. The fact – I mean, yeah, I wouldn't want Dylan Brooks's jersey either. I, okay, we, we talked about this for a second last night. What? So if you're a player and you're getting jersey swapped yeah. all the time and you had a whole bunch of jerseys, but then you start getting some like a Dylan Brooks, what are you? <laughs> what are you doing with it, though? I'm sending some family group message if anyone wants a Dylan Brooks jersey for some reason. I said Kyrie should have taken it and just tossed it Give it to a fan. Well, give it to a fan. They're in Memphis, yeah. right? Weren't they in Memphis oh, last sure. night? Or, yeah. yeah, they were yeah, in Memphis. What would be worse? I think, I think chucking it into the stands yes. is yeah, definitely yeah. worse than just not accepting. At least disrespect. you can Yeah, you could like play ignorance and just say, "Oh, you want it? I didn't even I just thought you were taking it off. Like my I'm bad, Kyrie. bro. Get me next time." If you grab the jersey and then just yeah. eat it out into the crowd, like that's that's pretty disrespectful. Here's what Kyrie Irving said. He was asked about the jersey Ooh, swap last oh night. Yeah, uh, I saw that after the game. I probably get it next time. Yeah, probably get it next time, not this time. I was really on to the next thing, my thought process wise. So. He said, "I'll get it next time." Uh, maybe next time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you're literally doing a jersey swap, right? And you don't take his jersey. I mean, it was beyond intentional, which is fine. I have nothing. There's no issue. I don't have an issue because I don't like <laughs> yeah. Dylan Brooks right. or whatever. But it is pretty funny. It is. And also, yeah. you know damn well Dylan Brooks not exchanging jerseys if the Grizzlies lost that game. Oh, True. yeah. No, everything about Dylan Brooks is so strange. Um, with just how he wants to buy into being this true heel, this true villain, right? right? Point, yeah. It's like it's like he's trying hard to be that now. When it's like, just let people hate you. You know what I mean? Yeah. This isn't WWE. Yeah. You don't have to be like, oh, I could actually sell merch off of this and become something more off of this. <laughs> no, in fact, now people are going to make fun of you. Do a jersey swap. They're going to, I mean, fool you. Prank you, punk you, whatever. I was telling Morgan last night the the most random jersey swaps were it was oh, D yeah. Wade's final. Oh year. yes, you know. <laughs> and Kevin Herter when he was with Atlanta, and this was young Kevin Herter swapped jerseys. I remember at the time going, "That's so random." I, Kevin Herter's a big D Wade yeah. fan. Uh, the Kings I was swapped jerseys. Yes. It was Frank Mason swapping with D Wade. <laughs> They're like taking a picture on the court, and you're like. Do you think D. Wade still has that one? No. <laughs> no. no. He probably gave Frank it back Mason. to like the King's equipment staff, honestly. <laughs> he was like, here, you guys can wash this. Uh, gave really, it to a fan. Definitely don't need this. I hate to sound like an old head with the Dylan Brooks thing, but like, isn't it kind of very like 2022 of this guy to be like, yeah, like, I don't care. I don't need anybody's love, admiration. I'm here to be the heel. And then trying to be buddy buddy post game and yeah. be like, let's swap jerseys. I respect your game. I mean, I mean not I, that I some would say it's twenty twenty three. I mean, it's twenty twenty three. You're right. You're right. Wait, what, what did he I say? said twenty twenty two. I don't know, Chris. Can we can we play the clip back? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't believe twenty twenty three. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. To want, and that's the other thing he said in the. Um, it's like if you want to be a bad guy, be, be a bad guy. Don't don't swap jerseys with people post game. Yell at people. Thank you. And he says he has like four or five friends around the league that's about it he's not really close with anybody and that's fine it's fine to not have 
friends. But I will say this. In this day and age of basketball, it's probably better to have friends in relationships yeah, because even you're getting the better trainers, yeah. the better agents, the better circles around you, the better reputation. So then if other teams are like when you're later on in your career and they're like, oh, would he be good for our locker room? Would yeah. he be good to be on the end of our bench? Like <laughs> making a lot of enemies with a future teammate is probably not seriously. Yeah, like if Draymond somehow ends up on a team, if they both come to some neutral team, it's like, well, probably going to have to deal with uh, some of that, right? Dude. It's like Russ and Patrick Beverly. Yeah. They had a little back and forth and allegedly had to squash it before this season with the Lakers. So. Look at them. And Both yeah, look at those spots. thriving Lakers right now with those two. Let's check in uh, with Daniel. What's up, Daniel? 339 if you guys want to call in too. What's up, Daniel? How's it going? We're good, man. What's um, up? Great. As a lifelong Car- Carmichaelan, I was born in Carmichael, um, I love to hear you guys trash Florida because it's a horrible place, and that's why I'm going to leave in it. That's why I'm leaving in a year because you you literally don't realize how bad California is until you've been gone for a you know a long period of time and come back here and just see what a mess this place is. What fan base yeah, would you I want would, to be a I part of, Daniel? Stay out of Florida, Daniel. I would stay out of Florida. Hey, yeah. what fan base would you? What fan? If or I'm sorry, what team would you want if you were a player? What team would you go to? What team would I go to? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't go to Miami because the fans suck there. Okay. Um, Orlando's the same. I don't. I don't. I don't know if their fans matter over there in Orlando. So wait, wait um, tell me, was he just trashing California? I couldn't. I think he meant I, Florida. Oh, were you trashing Florida? No, or he's California? trashing California too. Oh, okay. That's why I was asking. Okay, well, what team would you want to go to? Because that's kind of what we were going yeah, yeah, off yeah. off of. So uh, I would. I would go to the Raptors. Okay. Cool. That's fun. He says, screw the, States. screw the United States. Yeah. I've never to been Toronto. to Toronto, but right, Daniel, that's a thanks good one. For, thanks for checking in, man. Appreciate that. I like it. I, th- th- honestly, good answer. Oh, yeah? Have yeah. you been to Toronto before? No, but I, I've freezing. heard some good things. <laughs> I hear you know what? Honestly, I, I probably would have. I should have considered them. Yeah. That's a good I shout. Mean, yeah, they care a lot. Exactly. It's their only team now. No, no who's got like a great fan base that no one's been talking about? Who? Oh. Seattle. <laughs> Chris, that's a low blow. Also... <laughs> They, I can't. I don't understand how Seattle does not have an NBA team. I, I don't. Yeah. David Stern allowing the Sonics to go to Oklahoma City was probably one of his worst moves as commissioner. I don't even. How did that sales yeah, pitch did even go? Like, how are you? Like, Dude. I know top ten media market. Hear me out. Oklahoma City. And I'm not even going to say I'm anti-OKC, even <laughs> though I've talked to enough people around the wow. league that say it's by far one of the worst cities. To, yeah, the as NBA a player. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I know Sacramento's probably up there for some, for but, sure, but we can go ahead. I, yeah. Can we all admit Sacramento greater than? Oh, Isaac? 100. Yes. And not just because we're here. I mean, you people are saying that from so many past experiences. They're like, yeah, wasn't it like in the middle of nowhere at yeah. that arena? But the arena was so, like, had so much character. And I'm like, yeah, but it's like, it's city now. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I don't think people talk about Sacramento enough. It's just how much it's changed since Doko. Like, the fact that. Yeah, everything is very centralized now in a way it just wasn't before. The arena, like you mentioned, was yeah. out in Natomas. It was just it was the only thing out there. And and now, yeah, I mean, you, you come visit Sacramento, you walk down K Street, there's stuff. You can go down R Street, there's stuff. Go down 16th, there's stuff. You just got to know. You got to know the yeah, right yeah. people. You We've know? recruited uh, somebody to join our yeah. little yeah, yeah, yeah. Sacramento See, rules. I'm the opposite where all these people from the <laughs> outside like, leave. stay away. True. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. I just want them to respect it when they visit. That's all I want. Yeah. It's not that they have to move here. Also, Seattle, Las Vegas should have NBA teams. I think that's 
the whenever it is that they're going to expand. That's that's the rumored cities, right? Do you move a team nope. to the nope. Eastern Conference or oh, something? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe like, like Memphis, like uh, Minnesota, yeah. Memphis, or Memphis, Minnesota. Minnesota yeah, yeah like, I don't know yeah, if they need one of those New Orleans. Teams. Does that yeah. need to be in the West? No. I don't, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah I like it. Up. Okay, cool. This Chris, is great, guys. Thanks for hanging out, man. We'll do it again tomorrow, and then Thank you're you. with tomorrow. me. We're, we're together because yeah. you're not yeah. here uh, I know. Thursday, That's so. four hours for him on uh, Thursday and Friday because yeah. we're not here Friday. Oh, yeah, Friday. You're Buckle doing up. the show with Drapes, huh? With drapes. You're a Drapes yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. Big Drapes guy. I should get the shirt. I did I see that say. he's got the Drapes guy shirt, so I should definitely get one. Do I have to do the uh, the intro for... I'm, I'm hosting on Friday, but do, am I going to have to do your We Are Live? You can yeah. do whatever you want. No, no, just do what you want. I don't do even know why I do that. I need to stop doing that. I'm... It's tired. What? It's kind of people. People love it. I don't know why. It's such a stupid thing. I just did. I think I did it one time on a night chat, just being fired up, and then it just kept. Just save it for the pod, then. Thanks, Morgan. Okay. All right, Chris. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We're going to be back in just a few minutes. Talk some Kings Celtics. We'll bounce around the league. Plus, Zach Lowe had some things to say about the Sacramento Kings today. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports Eleven Forty. No, he didn't want to mess up. He's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. I mean, at least I'm pretty sure it's Mark Schindler. It'd be really embarrassing if he's like, actually, no, it's not. Uh, let's uh, bring him in, though. Super excited to chat with him. He did a piece last week on the Kings. I've been following him on social for a while now because he produces amazing basketball content. We're talking NBA, WNBA. He is all over it. For the first time, he joins us live. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan with Mark Schindler. It's, it's Schindler, right? Actually, no, it's not. No, just kidding. It, oh. is, uh, it is Schindler, just like the list. Uh, that's how I always remind people. Oh, my yeah, God. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. I have a longtime follower. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been it's great to be here. Yeah, nice to nice to chat with you, man. Hey, what, what was that? Morgan? Sorry, that was just a water bottle falling. Yeah, I thought, were you the, cheersing it? No, they're uh, dolphin Cheers, yeah, cheers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you could hear all those bad impersonations during uh, the break. No, the, the, the dolphin one was not bad. I was not ready for that. <laughs> Well, uh, Mark, you just wrote a piece about the Kings last week. I- I'm curious, where where do the Kings rank on your league pass rankings this year? Ooh, wow, yeah. Uh, top two, not two. I- I've loved watching this team. Um, it was really funny. So I uh, I wrote a piece last year. The- it came out the day of the trade about why the Kings shouldn't trade Tyrese Halliburton or De'Aaron Fox. We should keep them together. It dropped, I think, 90 minutes before the, the trade got announced. Great timing. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I've like, I think I've kind of just always been tied in with the Kings and where they're at. And so seeing them kind of grow to where they're at now after, you know, like Rudy Gay is my favorite player of all time. So that tells you a little bit about We need to explore so like, yeah. this. We need to explore yeah, this. Yeah. So Why like, was Rudy Gay your fa- going back to like UConn days or what? Oh, yeah. 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 Rudy Gay, UConn. If you guys have never, for anybody who's never seen his highlights at UConn, just unreal. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm like still convinced that they should never have fired Mike Malone. Like if oh, yeah. Boogie doesn't get mono, like that team goes to the playoffs. Yeah. In my opinion. So yeah, we're we're uncovering a lot here. But yeah, uh, so I mean that's I mean I feel like in some ways I'm almost a fan of the team because I've you know watched them for for that long and seen what that's like. So seeing where they're at this year. Has just been kind of uh, it's been kind of awesome. So yeah, they're definitely number one. I mean, for for league pass. Wow. Yeah. No, I think I, I, that's it's cool to hear that too. You know, I mean, just as people who cover the team, and yeah. then we've been fans since. Um, I mean, I guess since we were our first NBA team, if I could speak. But um, but yeah, what makes you 
enjoy watching them so much. I think obvious the obvious things are like the style of basketball. Um, there's a lot of special play going on. But for you, what is it? Yeah, I think uh, what's really fun about this team is like it really hit me last year um, that the, I think it was the first or second game after they made the trade uh, against the Timberwolves when they won that game. I can't remember if it was overtime. I know it was close regardless. Um, but that was like when it really clicked. You could see everything with Fox and Sabonis and the way that they played because obviously like they played with motion and pace like right off rip and then I, they they went away from it after um, after the All-Star break. But um, when they did that, I was like, you know, what? I see it. Like I really see the vision. I understand what they're trying to do. You could see automatically it's like, okay, well, if, if they just get like one or two shooters, they really upgrade a little bit talent-wise on the depth. Like you can really see it popping. And they just fully leaned into that this year. I think my biggest concern, you know, in the off season, like I really liked Mike Brown. I thought it was a good hire, but I was just like, you know, are they going to lean into what makes them good? Are they seeing this the same way I am? Like, I really hope so. Cause like that, that few games where they did that was like perfect. And, um, and yeah, we're here now this year. So I think for me, it's less about talent. Like obviously the team's very talented, um, but it comes down mostly to, I think that they are legitimately getting the most out of what they can do. Um, it, it's so much less about like, are they a contender? Are they this, are they that? And it's more like, this is, I think, the most you could do with this roster, and they're playing perfectly for what they can do, and I just really appreciate that. Yeah, I think the Mike Brown story, I know he's getting a lot of love for Coach of the Year, but mm-hmm. when you really take a step back and kind of look at his journey, it's it's pretty wild, right? Like, he's yeah. a young coach coaching LeBron, right? Then he goes and takes over that Laker squad that, you know, had all that talent, didn't work out, goes back to Cleveland for another stint, they change the front office. It gets blown out after a year, and it's kind of like, wait, is he going to be done? Takes him some time, lands on Steve Kerr's staff, and it, it's it's weird because you, you know he 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 had a label as kind of this defensive minded guy, super strict, didn't really very rigid at times. It feels like that journey has shaped him in such a positive way, where he got that re- responsibility and job, those jobs at such a young age, and here he is, still relatively young, and he is better than he's ever been. We always talk about players evolving. It's I, I don't know. I think it's really cool to see how he's evolved over the years. Yeah, no, most definitely. It's funny too because I so I grew up in Cleveland. I still live there right now. Like so, I was shoot like ten when that team goes to the finals with LeBron. Um, during Mike Brown's tenure and exactly like you mentioned, I think there were so many, I, I wasn't as tapped in then, obviously, but, yeah. you know, like the criticisms were, there were tons of criticisms about what he did and a lot of like, well, what can you do with the team without LeBron? I think obviously you're seeing that now, like you mentioned, I think um, seeing somebody who like, obviously saying failed is the wrong way to put it. Like, yeah, he failed in his job, but I think he was at a really high level so early on and taking the time that he did to be part of the Warriors and um, really just, figure out what was what and and rethink things. I think it's really interesting. Like anytime I talk to an NBA assistant or, or anybody who's, you know, jostled between positions and they talk about the ability to kind of take a step back and, and figure some things out and, and rethink how they want to do things, see it in a different lens. And I think you really see that play out with Mike this year. You know, you, you talked about how it's, been special to watch the way that they play together as a team and they're accomplishing uh, some great things as a team. And I think one of my favorite parts about that is that they don't have a big three. They didn't have the big names come in this season to find dominance. They found a way to play basketball in this pure form. Um, Do you think that 
this is going to be the next era of NBA basketball where we kind of go back to showing, hey, you can win with a good basketball team with everyone buying in. You don't just need those star names. Uh, I don't know if I think it's going necessarily that direction. I think it's always going to have, like, I mean, talent's going to be number one. It's going to be key. Uh, but I do think, like you're talking about, with the way that the play-in has evolved and changed things, I think we've seen more teams be willing to just be good. And I, I'm not, like, that's understanding the case. Yeah. They've been very good, like, one of the best teams in the league this year. But I think in terms of that, like, you're going to see I, – I, I, I think we already have seen more teams just be willing to bet on – Let's have some continuity. Let's just try and be good. Let's figure out what we have with this group, move forward from it, and we can go from there. I think so often um, things get chalked up to just, oh, well, this is a title team. Is this not a title team? And I think you have to really build off of, like, I mean, for me, what I look at with the Kings, I always get, you know, you, you got to try and, A, keep everything from the past in perspective. Um, think about the future for sure. But I think so much is about the present for me and where they're at. Like, this year to me is – a lot of it's not necessarily like you can rectify 13 years in one season, but like I just get frustrated when it automatically turns to like, well, what are they going to do in the playoffs? What does it matter? I'm like, A, the fact that they're getting here matters a ton in general. Like, even when they had the one really good year under Dave Yeager, it, it, it didn't work out that way, just the way that things fell out the rest of the season. But like, you look at this, obviously, it's not to be like defeatist and just say they're going to lose because I don't think that, but it's more just, okay, how are they building from this next? What is this year? what happens in the playoffs and then where do they go from there? Like, I, I don't think it just has to be a, like a straight line. Like there's uh it's, it's nonlinear the way that teams yeah. build. And I think just being good and being competitive and, and finding real foundation for a team that hasn't had that for a while is really important. Yeah. They've exceeded all expectations. I mean, Vegas at the low end during last off season, I think had them like 33 and a half wins. Right. And yeah. I think most people viewed them even in Sacramento. I was like, Oh, I could see them being a playing team, maybe at peak they get to like six for them to be in this position now at number three. And it looks like they could probably stay in the top three. It's a huge accomplishment. And I don't know. It's tough to know what it's going to look like in the playoffs. I think Sacramento has shown that their offense can score on really good defenses too, but we all know it changes in the playoffs. And I think for some of these guys, like they just need those reps, right? We talk about playoff experience. I, I would say this, I made this point yesterday. I do think the fact that their coaching staff has legit playoff experience is beneficial. Like Mike Brown, as you know, has made deep runs. He's been on finals teams. He knows what it takes and the adjustments necessary during the playoffs, which I think can almost help this team that has a lot of guys who maybe don't have that playoff experience. Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of credence to that. Like just, again, like having been there before, um, having the ability to to prep guys for things is is really important. Like, I mean, Kevin Herter was part of an Eastern Conference Finals run. Demonis Bonus played on multiple playoff teams in Indiana. Like, again, like you can dispute how far they did or didn't go, but like it still matters. Like that's that's something there. It's not like this team's just coming from ground zero with experience. So where are you at with this Kings defense? Obviously, they're 26 overall, but they show some signs late in games and I mean, you know, I think that's been the biggest doubt that so many people that analyze the Kings from the outside is what can this defense do in a postseason? Where are you at with it? Yeah, I think it's something I try to um, I'm still trying to, to kind of work out where I'm at with that in my mind. I think just by virtue of being a pretty small team, um, even on, you know, across positions, they're pretty small. So I think that they do inherently have that kind of damage against them. Um but I think it's hard to, like, a, a lot of times people just look at the the defensive rating, like, oh, well, this defense sucks. I'm like, 
yeah, the defensive rating's not good, but it's more like, and I, part of what I tried to write about too, I think so much of their defense is about trying to get them going offensively and just minimizing mistakes um, or more, less about minimizing mistakes, more like just minimize opportunities for the, for the, for the defense and get out. I mean, for, for, for opposition and get out and, and run again. Like it's, it's all about like, all right, get the rebound and go. Like that's their entire base is trying to play offense. Um, it's kind of like, uh, it's a little like, I mean, I only know from watching highlights, but it's a lot like UNLV in like the 1990s. That's how I kind of think about it. Um, it's not that the defense is amazing, but it's also not terrible. It just has a different purpose than necessarily getting stops. It's more just get the ball and go. Um, so I definitely have concerns about it. Like, I don't think that you have like, like there's nobody that you can point to on the team that I think I necessarily trust to like go get that guy and shut him down. Um but also, I think that it gets undersold how hard they play. Like, that sounds very cliche, but, like, the principles that they have, box out, close out, um, and then get out and transition as soon as the ball's secured, like, that that's all part of their defense. Um, and they do it really well. It's just they, they do have a lot of limitations for sure. Um, yeah, and I, I think, too, to your point, you look at that fourth quarter defensive rating, it's kind of hovered just around 10. I think right now it's 13th in defensive rating. So, I, I don't know. I don't feel like it's going to be a, a major, major issue early on in yeah. the postseason for them. But I don't know. I don't like you said, I don't care. I, I'm just glad they're <laughs> in this position. Like, I'm yeah. just glad they're getting these reps. I'm so happy for someone like De'Aaron Fox, who I've been a huge fan of over the years. And to see him blossom into what he has turned into, it's his game mm. has never been better. And, yeah, we're talking about the efficiency, but I'm just talking about his feel for it, yep. his confidence, yep. the mid-range game. I'm watching last night. I know it was a disappointing loss for the Kings, but he's in step-back threes now. He is in complete control of his game. Uh, what what has jumped out to you about De'Aaron's game here in his sixth season? Yeah, I think, like you mentioned, everything has just kind of clicked for him. I think – Part of what would like, I've always really loved De'Aaron. I thought, I, I hate saying that it feels like somebody's been slept on, but I think a lot of, and not, I, I don't mean to say the name, but in, in talking about the Halberton trade, like, I think it so often gets lost. Like, it's always like, oh, you know, looking at what Tyrese has done this year, it's like, oh, well, you know, they could have had both. And like, it just doesn't work like that. I don't think either guy pops the way that they do if they're together. Like, to be fair, like, they did not look good together most of last year, in my opinion. I thought it was very my turn, your turn. It never really felt like they clicked. And granted, like you could have said, like like I wrote about last year, like, okay, well, maybe you can see them together again. But point being, like, doing this for De'Aaron, bringing in Sabonis, who very clearly has helped him elevate, elevate his game, and I think they've elevated each other's games, um, everything's just easier for him. Like, yeah. they, the, the game makes more sense for what he wants to do now. They have the roster that can get out and run, which is what he does. Like, he's probably the fastest guy in the league end to end. Um, everything now, too, like, like you mentioned, I think the composure – has been it's so impressive this year. Like the everything about their clutch offense is about De'Aaron and what he can do getting into the mid range and um, just create uh, such a matchup problem for people. Like, okay, what do you try and sell it and stop when you know this guy's going to shoot fifty five percent on a pull up ten footer? Like that's that's extremely hard to defend. He can get to the rim with you know two steps and go. And uh, so I think watching him really have everything fall into place for him has been a blast this year. Cause he's like, even like you mentioned with the step back threes, he's cut out a lot of the the bad threes that he took last year. Yeah. Like, I think that was so much of the issue with his efficiency was just like, he was taking a lot of off the dribble threes and he's not good at those. Like, um, 
But in the fourth quarter, it feels like everything's a good shot now for him. So, uh, you know, he's been uncorking some of them. But, yeah, I think it's just you see everything really fall fall in place for him. Like you said, Deuce, his feel, like his shot selection, like you're saying. And, you know, I think that one of the most surprising things about all of this, though, with De'Aaron and even being clutch in the fourth quarter is teams have their tape on him. Teams know what his game is. Why do you think it is that teams are still having not only a tough time stopping him late in games, but even slowing down this high-powered offense. Yeah, I think what's really fun about watching this, and, like, I went back to go, you know, rewatch some of their clutch minutes just so I could – because I thought about that. I was like, you know, why can't they be stopped in the clutch? Because, like, I think so much of it gets pointed to just, like, oh, well, it's just De'Aaron. And to to his credit, like, he's doing a lot of the heavy lifting, but also they don't really just go away from their stuff. Like, I think there have been a lot of comparisons made to last year's Bulls team, and – to be fair, like DeMar DeRozan was awesome last year. I don't mean to take away from that, but it was so much of DeMar, like everything he did was like against the grain. And I think this year for the Kings, everything is, you know, kind of, again, like I wrote about, it's like everything is going towards the grain for them. Like they're not fighting themselves. They're doing what they have to do to win. Um, and like they they run their sets better. They turn the ball over less. Um, it, it obviously like it becomes a little bit more isolation, but I think you get lost in the numbers and in again and rewatching a lot of it's just they run their sets immaculately to get De'Aaron to his best spots while also keeping the defense occupied so they can't just load up on him um like having Kevin Herter having I mean even to his credit like Trey Lyle's been awesome this yeah season. that's been one of my favorite stories oh so you are you a like, Trey Bay too because more oh more, yeah, more Trey yeah. Bays. I was uh it's I've always kind of had a penchant for for Trey Lyles <laughs> uh like I, I wrote about him last year with the Pistons because he was really fun to watch in Detroit and now like I know he like uh, really put emphasis on losing weight in the off season, and that's, I mean, paid dividends for him this year. And well, time um, out. I just want to pause for a second. Yeah, Mark Schindler. This is when you know someone loves basketball. You can yeah. just he tell. was writing about Trey Lyles. Yes, when he was with the Pistons, the yes. Pistons team. This is why you guys should follow him. MG underscore Schindler on Twitter, patreon.com slash mschindler too. Go on. I just want to emphasize that. that. No, because like you work really hard. And this whole content game is a grind. Mm -hmm. And you're putting out awesome work covering the NBA and WNBA. And it just shows you, it's like, Mark appreciates the the, the little things like a Trey Lyles in Detroit. 100%. And even we're throwing (laughs) things at you and the the way that you are going, diving deep into things. It's like, oh, you're a hooper. You've got that type (laughs) of brain. So, no, please proceed. Yeah. I appreciate it. Actually, bad hooper now. I have a torn labrum in my shoes. Oh, so I'm, uh, I can handle and I can pass and play defense. That's about <laughs> it right now. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I mean, with this team, though, I think just to get back to the playoff point, I think the biggest swing factor for me is going to be Malik Monk. Um, just looking at their wins this year, like so much of it is tied into whether or not Malik has a good game. Like I think the bench really functions well, but if Malik is not out there – Creating shots and able to initiate offense the way that he's been capable of this year, I think that's a really big determinant in in how well the Kings play. Um, because again, like I think part of what's fun to watch about them is that they have a lot of continuity. Like a lot of what they do is okay, even if De'Aaron's not out there, we're going to run a lot of the same stuff through Malik. Obviously, it's a little bit different. I think Malik does a little bit more with getting to the rim instead of you know going to that eight eight foot area. But um, if the shot isn't there for him, it can really, I mean, I think that's where you see most of the drop off offensively if they struggle. Um, but Malik has been really good this year. Like obviously very up and down, but it's been arguably the best season of his career. So I think I have some optimism in that. Um, 
yeah, I, like there's there's a lot of reason to be excited about them in the playoffs. Like I I would bet on them making the second round. That's where I'm at with them right now. I think because again, it just so much comes back to me for as much as everybody wants to make. Oh well, what about when they have to play defense in the playoffs? I'm like okay, well what if what about when you have to play the Kings offense yep. in the playoffs? Like it's a two way street. It's not as simple as just saying oh well you know when you remove the transition they can't play. Well their offense is still like third or fourth best in in the NBA when they're out of transition and just playing in the half court. So it's not as simple as, yeah. as I think it often is chalked up to be. Because they play with pace in the half court too. They get in their stuff, exactly. they make quick decisions, and it really messes with opposing defenses. I mean, I even go back to the game against Milwaukee uh, last week where they did lose. It was a close game until yeah. the end there. The Bucks played so hard in that game. They I mean, it up. was they played up, and the Kings still scored 124 points on the really, in my opinion, probably the best team in the NBA. And so it was a good test for the Sacramento Kings. But you're seeing like they're able to score with the best of them. Tonight's going to be an interesting test. Fifth game in seven nights. They play the Celtics, who have been off. So I'm curious to see how the offense looks tonight. Maybe even without Kevin Herter again. But yeah, overall, I, I think that your point is exactly right. It's like. Hey, this offense has been able to score no matter what. I mean, that game against the Clippers, that double overtime game was unbelievable. 176 points. That was crazy. Uh, that's one of the most wild games I've watched this year. Yeah. Um, but like going back to that Bucks game too, what I liked about that, like obviously I think the, the difficulty is it's hard to not get lost in the fact that Giannis was just unreal. Oh, like that, that was one of the most special performances we've seen a player have this year in the league. Um but also, like, ex- exactly like you're mentioning, I think you saw a lot in that game to be excited about um, from the perspective of them making adjustments from that the first game that they played in the season. Like, uh, they got absolutely housed by Milwaukee that, that first matchup this year. And I think they showed a lot of stuff where, like, Milwaukee was still trying a lot of the same things. Like, all right, we're going to go under every screen. We're really going to try and condense things. And I thought that Sacramento did a lot of good things. Like, okay, well, we're going to try and rescreen here. We're going to do a couple of things on the second side to, to occupy uh, occupy help. And it was find more ways to, to be impactful in that way. And I think, again, like mainly it just came down to size in that game. But also, like, there's not really a team in the West that I think provides a lot of the same uh, size issues, at least that it looks like they're going to play in the first round. Um, so I'm just – I'm really bullish on this team's ability to adapt and continue to play their game. Yeah, the dude. adjustments that yeah. are made, everything. I do want to ask one more, Deuce. Um, Fox and Sabonis, both are they both making all NBA teams? Ooh. Man, it's going to be hard Oof. now to not have them both make all NBA teams. I think. Oh uh, yeah. Just by virtue of the way, like, and I don't mean this to sound mean, but I think by virtue of the way in which games played is going to work out. Um, and how that's being implemented, I think Fox is going to have a good chance to make third team. Um, I think, I mean, for me, Sabonis would be my third team uh, center forward, whatever spot you want to have him at right now. Um, but just to go back to on that on that aspect with Fox, because I think so much of it get brought up to gets brought up to like, oh, well, they're just a really good team. You know, I don't know if I think Fox is actually a top fifteen guy, and I think part of what is so exciting to me about the playoffs is like I try and look at it as I don't know the answers. I'm just writing things that I think are interesting and that I want to know more about. And part of what I really want to see with this Kings team is, okay, if De'Aaron Fox has an awesome playoff series, maybe we're talking about him as a top 15 guy. Maybe that's where we finally raise him up to and get that feeling with. Because I do think like it's not as concrete as just saying, well, this guy's you know the, the ninth best player in the league. I think it's a, a fluctuating scale. And if you have – a guy who plays really well, who has done this all year the way that he has, elevated his defense the way that he has, 
um, become more efficient. And he does that for two rounds in the playoffs. And I think it's a much more uh, – it's, it's a different conversation yeah. than I think people are having right now. Well, Mark, can't thank you enough for the time today, man. Hopefully we sure. can catch up with you again uh, soon. And keep up the great work, man. We're really enjoying all the all the hoop stuff you do, man. You do your Appreciate homework. It. It's great stuff. And uh, thank you so much, thank man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's the one and only Mark Schindler. Check his Patreon out, patreon.com slash mschindler. You can also follow him on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash mg underscore schindler. Great Appreciate stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, he's locked in. I love it. All right, we'll have some more coming up next. You saw Frankie Cardicelli coming up next hour, and we got the return of Truth or Trash. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports, 1140 and com. It's Deuce and Mo on your local sports leader. Sacktown Sports. Man, we so appreciate Mark Schindler dropping by today. He was on the Folsom Lake hotline, you know? Yeah. Folsom Lake Honda. Your one-stop Honda shop. Appreciate that. Thank Coming you. up at one, we got Frankie Cardicelli. The Kings get a lot of attention this week. Zach Lowe, the best basketball writer in the world, did a deep dive today on the Sacramento Kings. It was well done. It was really, really well done. Dude, that was well done. And then I listened to the Low Post pod. and They had some stuff to say. Uh, Zach Lowe talked about spending some time with the Kings. And I spent some time with the Kings. The Kings were in New York last week. I can tell you this. If teams are aiming for the Kings, the (laughs) the Kings right now, to a man, Mm. coaches, players, Probably the mascot, Slice whoever him. pushes the beam, Vivek Ranadive, who I was able to say hello to in the corridor, and I wonder if he knows how much fun I've made of him over the years. Probably does. Um, they're, <laughs> they're all, all of them, their reaction is, bring it. You want us? Yeah. Bring it. We're number two in the West. We're not scared of anybody. We're healthy. We see all of you wobbling in uncertainty. We have faith in the way we play. Yeah, our defense, it's not great. We think it's probably a little better than the numbers. That's what they'll tell you, like because mm-hmm. teams have been hot from mid-range from three all season. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, we're not a great defensive team. Their offense, I have a piece coming out on the Kings tomorrow. Their offense is a bear. It's number yeah. one in the league by a lot. And they love this idea that, well, things are going to slow down in the playoffs. You know, they won't be able to get out and transition. And they love it. They're like, wait until you see us in the playoffs. We might even play faster. Ooh, I got you. Did Zach Lowe just cut a promo for the Kings? I think he did. His piece did come out today on ESPN where he d- takes a deep dive into the Kings. One of the things he just referenced, playing fast, Jordy Fernandez was quoted in the piece, the Kings associate coach, saying, they say the game slows down in the playoffs. Well, we mm. won't slow down. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And I, I love to hear that. Like, they are so confident in their identity as a team and what they do so well. And they've they've shown so much consistency. You know, it doesn't matter what was thrown at them. It doesn't matter if a great defense has been thrown at them, a longer 
team is thrown at them, they still find a way to continue to play their game. Now, I know they have their moments. I mean, it's the NBA. You're going to have your moments where things don't work well or your flaws are going to be exposed, especially on the defensive end. But, yeah, what Zach Lowe is saying is exactly the vibe I feel from this squad. You know, it's wild just reading that story. There's so much to go over from Sabonis' toughness to the Kings' offense to a trade that the Kings, I guess, almost made, too. This is um, interesting. So over the prior season, according to Zach Lowe, the Kings had eyed Herder's Atlanta teammate John Collins, which we kind of heard about, right? Mm-hmm. He said of, ahead of the trade deadline and before the Kings had zeroed in on Sabonis, so last trade deadline, the Hawks and Kings came close to a deal that would have sent Harrison Barnes and a protected first-round pick to Atlanta for John Collins. The protections were such that Sacramento would have ended up retaining the pick that became Murray at number four, but that deal fell away as the Sabonis one emerged. So there is a world we could be living in right now where Sabonis isn't on the Kings, and it's John Collins with Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, we were just talking to Mark about uh, his you know, old stuff that he had written up about Tyrese and De'Aaron playing on a team together. Would that really work, you know, just from the fundamental standpoint? And uh, I think if you had the right coaches and pieces around, you could find a way to make it work. But it doesn't, one, it doesn't matter now because this is what the Kings have. And I don't think the Kings would be as dominant as they are right now without Domas Sabonis. And I think that's a very easy statement to make. And it's mostly because of what he commands on the offensive end um, and what type of culture he has also brought. The culture part is yes. what I read this piece from Zach Lowe today yeah. and felt even more deeply in love with Domas Sabonis. He had some quotes in there, man. I, just, I know. They get they got me too. You know, he talked about relationships. He said, I'm a big believer in getting to know people off the court. If we are close, it's more likely you'll fight for your brothers on the court. Oh, it's dude, it's it is not a lie. I mean, how many people out there have been on a team? It doesn't matter if it was as from rec to AU to college, when you love your teammates or even in just a workplace, when you love your teammates, there's so much more you're willing to sacrifice and do and collaborate to try and win and do things together. And you see that, obviously, that should be with an NBA team, but you can't force it. And the way that they've grown this together has been truly organic. What do you think about this comment from the YouTube page? YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Andrea says, I don't like all these flowers pre-playoffs. Let's take the victory lap after the season. <laughs> well, I don't think it's a victory lap. Uh-uh. I don't. I think people around the league are acknowledging a really good story. It's going to be a story when the team who has the longest playoff drought in professional sports... Oof is not only headed toward a playoff appearance and ending that playoff drop, but they are number three in the Western Conference, and they play a fun style. We just had a guy, Mark Schindler, on uh, at noon that was talking about he ranks them number one in his league pass rankings. They're the most fun team to watch. It's a compelling story, so they deserve some love, and it doesn't matter how far they go in the playoffs this year, no. in my opinion. I think they're going to have a chance to get to the second round, and you're going to enjoy it. This story, too, Andreas, would be so different if they were limping into the playoffs, right? If they were yeah. even in the play-in and then trying to make the playoffs, or even in, oh, are they going to keep that sixth seed? It it would be a whole different story. It's mostly because the style of play is as special as it is. So it's also validating that style of play that they're in the third spot in the West and they're going to make the playoffs with all the things that Deuce just mentioned. That's what 
everyone is celebrating, not only in the NBA world, but I think in sports, like you hear this story and you're like, good for them. I mean, I've done that. I don't, I don't consume baseball at all, almost at all anymore. But when I hear a story like that, I'm always excited. Like if the Oakland A's have some success story at some (laughs) point, exactly. I'm sorry, Las Vegas A's. And I'm not trying to be like a jerk about it, but that's probably what it's going to end up being one day. It's like, I would have had more of this like feel good vibes about if it was like, oh man, the Oakland A's did this and got this and didn't sell everybody. I thought one of the funniest parts about the story was the beginning of it where Zach Lowe was detailing when Sabonis and Justin Holiday found out about the trade Yeah, going to Sacramento. They were looking at the social media reaction, which wasn't good. And Sabonis was like, oh my God, we're going to get booed. We're going to get booed. Uh, and his dad had told him, like, the atmosphere in Sacramento is awesome. So Sabonis says, as a competitor, competitor, there's nothing I like more than a challenge. To help change the direction of a franchise, all of that was very exciting. It added spice to my career. And then he talked about how he got a standing ovation. He goes screaming, cheering. I had goosebumps. What, I, what did I tell you that yeah. first game that Sabonis was out there on the floor? I was texting you, Deuce, and I was down on the floor watching him get some shots, and I'm like, he he's like a, a a magical being, like just majestic. The way that he he was like a unicorn to me. There's and an aura around him. There was. He's there... a Wolverine. That's what his nickname is. And now he's just the Wolverine. We'll talk more about that piece coming up too. Uh, we do need to get some to some truth or trash. Hey, well. yeah. It's Deuce and Mo. We're always live on the YouTube page, even during the breaks. YouTube.com/slash/SackTownSports1140. You're listening to Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. On Sacktown Sports. Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan. Kings and Celtics tonight. Fifth game in seven nights for the Sacramento Kings. Taking on a well-rested Boston Celtics squad. The Kings played last night, too. They lost in Utah. So how will the Kings respond tonight? I can't wait. There's going to be some life in the building tonight. Because you get the Celtics fans that roll Ugh. through. Yeah. Celtic, the Just, Celtics fans exist. Things are getting better. Things are getting better. Just be nice. Do you want to do some truth or trash here on a Tuesday? Why not? Do a little truth or trash. We tell you what's real and what's downright garbage. It's truth or trash. Truth or trash. With Deuce and Mo. All right, Morgan Reagan. Pretty simple. We got statements. We tell you if they're truth or trash. First one. You do not want to see the Lakers or the Warriors in the first round. Truth. I don't want to see them. And I don't, I think the way that you stated or said the statement, um, you tried saying it like with force and confidence. You pay too much attention to how I say the statement. It's just a statement. The way you stated the statement. Thank you. You don't want to see the Lakers or the Warriors in the first round of the trash. I don't. uh, Truth. I don't want to see them. And I, what, you're going to ask me why? Sure. Well, Warriors. I mean, it's not that I even trust them, but I also, anytime I have counted them out, they have found a way, whole different team. They've had drama. They really are different on the floor as well. Still don't want to face them in the playoffs. Uh, Lakers, I just think it's a weird matchup, especially if LeBron's rested and AD is healthy. If AD is healthy, if AD is healthy. As my friend Dwayne Douglas Johnson would say, oh. Oh. just... Bring it. 
trash. I don't care. Bring on the Warriors and the Lakers. Okay. They're flawed. You're going to have to beat somebody in the playoffs. Yeah. I, bring them on. But Lakers, you want to come here? You want to try to make the, uh, the playoffs? Come to Sacramento and try to win. Golden State, give it up to Golden State. They got their eighth road win of the season last yeah. night in Houston. Good for I mean, them. how they do it? No, I'm sorry. I, I'm all about it. I would love nothing more than to open up the first round, eliminating the Golden State Warriors, I would the love Lakers. It. Well, and Zach Lowe talked about that on his podcast. He he was like, what if it was Kings Lakers? Like, how wild would that be with all the history? It would be so great. But, I mean, just to answer the statement, like, truth, I don't want to – there's a lot of teams I don't want to see. I just just have, like, these fan-nervous feels in my stomach. Like, let me be. All right, next one on truth or trash. Wait, can I say truth for a different reason? Sure. Why I don't want to see the Lakers? Yeah. I really don't want them anywhere, not even in the play-in. I just want them watching it. That'd at home. be great. No, that's true. <laughs> great point. That's true. I'm cool with that. All right, next one. Uh, listen to what Mike Brown had to say. Uh, I just walked in the locker room and said, "Bring it in. One, two, three. Let's go." That's it. I didn't say anything. And then dapped him up and left. And left. Truth or trash? You believe Mike Brown did not rip his team after the loss last night to the shorthanded Utah Jazz? Truth. I I believe it. Um, you think he said that? I think he said a few more things than just bring it in because I mentioned this to you last night. I've had that happen before where coach just brought it in, didn't even say anything. It's like the disappointed parent. It's It's, impactful. Oh, it's way, it's worse. It's like, ah, okay. We didn't, we didn't, you know, execute what we, what they wanted out of us tonight. And, um, Sometimes that hurts even more. So, yeah, I believe that that, whether you want to call it a strategy or not, I think that's just the way that he felt. It's just the same way that he felt after the Knicks game, after a big win. He's ripping them to shreds. Yeah, I think I'm going to believe it. I say truth because you can't rip your team every time. No. Then the message gets lost. If anything, I think he got after him a bit at halftime. But also, he had that challenge to his players. He had his, remember after that Knicks game, he's talking about Fox and Sabonis need to be more vocal. Yeah. In that first quarter, the TV broadcast showed Sabonis getting after the guys. I don't know what he was saying. He was trying to rally troops, whatever. They did respond better after that. I loved it. I, I love seeing the way that they communicate with one another. It's because they respect one another. All right, next up, if healthy, Morgan. Uh-huh. The Boston Celtics should be the favorites to come out of the Eastern Conference. I'm going to go with trash. And I think when you look at the Milwaukee Bucks and not only the way that they played against the Sacramento Kings the other night, and then I watched them against the Raptors the night after, and they didn't play their best game, but they still won. It's like they can coast and win. Those teams are the scary teams. And the Bucks, not only because they have... Giannis Antetokounmpo on their team, the way that they're coached, the way that they have a second guy, a wow. third guy, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez. I mean, the list goes on with this team. I respect the hell out of the Boston Celtics, but I would go with the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, I thought you were going to say maybe the Sixers who were able to put up a 105 points in a double overtime loss last night to well, the Bulls. Well, I know that <laughs> wasn't their best I mean, scoring game for anyone. That obviously. was insane to look at that game and you're like, oh, 109-105, that's pretty low scoring. And you go, double overtime? I just, yeah. What? Zach Levine leading the Bulls with like 26 points. What a game. That's nothing <laughs> these days. You got to score 50 if in a double overtime. Dude, that's wild. Yeah, the Sixers shot 42% in the game. Uh, the Bulls shot 41. They were 7 of 33 
from beyond the arc, and they won that game. I just I don't trust the Sixers, and I don't. I mean, from I probably have watched more Bucks basketball this season than I have Sixers basketball. Well, I've watched some, but there's just things that they do where I'm like. That's not championship style basketball. I don't know. I don't know why. And I shouldn't. I agree with that. And I love Embiid. I think Embiid's had a hell Same. of a year. Um, and it's not to take anything away from him. I just don't think. I don't trust him. Uh, I, I, I think it's the Milwaukee Bucks too. Okay. I think they've got the depth. Defensively, they're great. They have a great player mm. in Giannis. The, the the Celtics will have a shot. I yeah. think I just. You know, they get nicked up a lot. And it's weird. I think Marcus Smart's a little too banged up right now. You know, Robert Williams is hit or miss. He's coming back tonight against Sacramento. Horford's missed some stretches. They're a really good team. Yeah. I just like the Bucks overall. Do you ever do you ever fall for the narrative of the whole like Doc Rivers not being able to coach in the postseason? And the only reason why sometimes I, go, I do. Yes. I know because of his in game adjustments, yes. and that's what I get worried about for any team. And I mean, I think that I sometimes I hate when that narrative is just pushed out there. But then if you actually watch like some of the things that go happen happen with rotations or just decisions, and you're like, what what are you doing? You've been here so many times. Uh, Dylan Brooks, Kyrie Irving were trying to do a jersey exchange <laughs> last night, but Kyrie did not take Dylan Brooks's jersey. Truth or trash, Kyrie Irving intentionally ignored Dylan Brooks in that jersey swap. Truth, 100% truth. Trust your instincts. Come on, people. Like, <laughs> it's one, why would you want Dylan Brooks' jersey? Two, yeah, uh, it's Kyrie. He's like a weird dude. He's going to do things like that and then act like, oh, yeah, I'll get it later. Here's a serious question. If Dylan Brooks was on the Kings, uh-huh. would we all love him? We would. We would. We'd get frustrated. I don't with think him. we would. No, I don't think I no, would. We you t- know why? Because he takes too many shots and he's not a good shooter. Yes. And that stuff bugs me. You guys are so full of crap. If, if the Kings were where they are right now and Dylan Brooks was on this squad, you would. You guys both, especially, would be like, "Oh man, he's just a but heel." I don't think they would be in that spot with. Him I agree. I agree. Let's just save the what if game, and they were. Man, he's shooting thirty nine percent. Yeah. From the field, he takes nearly fourteen shots a game. He shoots from three-point land. He's bumped it up to 32. He takes six threes a game. Yep. Too many. Not worth the drama. Oh, no. Not worth I'm what not, he brings offensively. I'm just saying what other people, if Dylan Brooks was on your team, this would happen. No, because I think we, we you don't like dirty players, Morgan. Pat Beverly. Would not like him here. Uh, well, okay. I know. I know for a fact I wouldn't. I think there's so many people that say that they wouldn't, and they're so full of crap. They'd be like, oh, that's just, that's just Pat yeah, Bev. I bet you're right. If Pat Bev was on Sacramento, would be like, look, I know he has these things, but you can't deny the guys who play with him like him, okay? He's, and he's passionate. Look at the way he jumped on that scores table as soon as the Kings made the playoffs. I, like, people would love it. Look at Minnesota doesn't make that run without him, and the Bulls are 8-4 with him this year. You I, can't deny it. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> we just rest our case. No, I, I would not be excited about either guy. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, coming up next, SacktownSports.com's Frankie Cardicelli is going to be in the building. Ooh. We got Kings and Celtics tonight. We got to look back at Kings Jazz. There's so much to discuss in the final hour of the show. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports and SacktownSports.com. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports.
Final hour, we got Kettles and Robbie coming up at 2. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports 1140, always live on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140, where uh, Martin's being a little critical of Frankie Cardicelli, our next guest, who covers the Sacramento Kings at sacktownsports.com. And being critical of the shirt you're wearing, the day after the Kings lose to the Utah Jazz, Frankie Cardicelli walking in with an All-Star 2023 shirt that says Utah with the Jazz logo. I can't on. be happy about the experience now, about a, a, a once, hmm. maybe not in a lifetime, but you once be, first of many experiences. Yeah. You could be happy tomorrow about it. Just yeah. interesting timing to wear that. The timing's a little yeah. off. Is it off? Yeah, I, you it know, says it Utah all... with the literal Jazz logo okay. on the shirt. You know, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Which, by the way, really quick, Jazz jerseys, ugliest jerseys in the NBA. I tweeted that last night. I said that, oh, well, did you? Oh, I did. I'm like, you know, I'm distracted right now. The game's close. And I said, this is, I'm honestly distracted by how horrific. And it looks like Parks and Rec, like a Parks and Rec. Thank you. Like a you know $5 bargain jersey that is reversible, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I just don't really understand what's up with the highlight. Is neon still a thing? It's I, like, I thought it was cool in like college or something. It's classic new owner. I'm trying to change things and make things look hip, mm. man. When you overthink it, no. Just have the jazz with their old mountain logo. Like crossing guard. It's cool, like, man. It's like a crossing guard like vest or something. Nineties nineties NBA jerseys might have been peak NBA. Because yeah. you had a lot of weird and some of them it's like there's a lot going on there. Yeah. But now today it's almost the opposite where it's like, no man, minimalist. Man. Just put Utah on. Mm-hmm. That's it. A very basic font. But hey, We'll do some interesting colors. It's like, that's not the Utah Jazz. No, no it's not. And if you're going to go that route, just change the name. I mean, oh, does it, does anything uh, with those colors say jazz to you? Why didn't jazz, they you change think the about name? flash and like fun, right? Great they? music. I mean, why didn't they change the name when they moved? I mean, well, the New Orleans get, Jazz. Well, do the LA Lakers make any sense to you? Will you ever go to you know, the Great not. Lakes of Los Angeles? <laughs> They've got one that's just tar. They're... <laughs> There you go. There you go. Yeah, I do not like the Utah Jazz looks. In fact, they knew the look was bad because when they released the jerseys, at the same time, they announced they were bringing back the Mountain Ones for select games this year. And people love those. Yeah. Awesome. This, to make it their prime, and that's the thing, that's their primary jersey. That's not like, oh, it's a special, like, city edition, man. No, that's that's the Utah Jazz. It's it's awful. I mean, it, it... was actually distracting, and I just don't really understand. I mean, I'm thankful. I mean, the Kings jerseys, I, I, I'm very thankful that they are not. So it's like simple one thing, but ugly another. And maybe that's why the Kings lost last night, you know, just <laughs> part of the thing that factored in. Obviously, oh, it's blinding. Um, Obviously, the Kings did lose last night, but they wasn't because of the jerseys. They came out very flat, Frankie. Um, What did you see with the Kings early on in that game? Obviously, no fast break points in that first half. What wasn't working for them? It's interesting because on the, the road trip, all four games, they fell down by 9, 10, 11, and by 15. And um, one of those games, I think oh, it yeah. might have been in Chicago or, or one of those games, they fall, they fell down early in every game. And last night in the early, early going, and they fell down by, I think, 9, 10. I thought, okay, I mean, here comes the part where they figure things out, right? And they kind of just kept sticking with the same plan of attack, which was let's not attack the inside because it didn't work the first couple of times. Like Domas, who had had a lot of success against Walker Kessler and, and the Jazz this season, kind of hit a brick wall last night early and they started just chucking threes up and it kind of came down to there were some bad minutes from Malik Monk in the first quarter he was kind of trying to do too much I can't remember who said it on Twitter 
I don't remember if it was I don't remember who it was, but I wish I'd give him credit that they said he was trying to make game saving plays in the first quarter, and mm. it, it kind of seemed he was a little pressing a little pressing a little bit, but. Uh, just not want to change that plan of attack and not really running any offensive sets. Just a lot of shots early in the shot clock. And um, obviously those adjustments were made and they made a run. And it's something I talked about with you guys before. Bad first quarter, you outscore them the final three quarters combined. The Kings win the final three. Doesn't matter sometimes when you dig yourselves in that deep of a hole. And last night was a deep hole. <laughs> I think the other thing I would have liked to have seen, and I know Utah was in that zone, but I would have liked to have seen Trey Lyle small ball five last night because if Kessler, if Walker Kessler's out there, let's force him to come out a little bit and have to defend. And I think the Kings let him off the hook, especially early in that first quarter. That lineup, and I, I know it Ugh. was a, it was peak Mike Brown. I'm frustrated with everything Ugh. in this first quarter. Delhi, Keon Ellis, <laughs> Metu, Fox, Lyles, get in there. Yeah, as Chris Watkins called uh, Delhi the human beam. We saw them in the first quarter, and you're like, this is going to save the game? But he was frustrated. I just felt like I would have liked to have seen some Lyle small ball five. I'm I'm big on pull, trying to pull out that five and, and make him defend, have a five-out offense. Yeah, it's like a different play style, too. Trey Lyles is someone, like you said, can get Kessler out of the paint a little bit more. He's someone that can stretch the floor more than Domas, obviously. And uh, it, it's something I wanted to see more. Theo, want, go attack him. I mean, obviously, he's we saw... Walker Kessler, like, in his best form last night. And yeah. the Kings hadn't really seen that this season. I was looking at his numbers, and he had a couple blocks one game, but he didn't have a, a game quite like last night. I think he had three blocks last night, and he was imposing in the paint. Domas was – was it was the most – and, again, some of that comes from some missed whistles. He was getting beat to hell again last night. Five yeah, blocks I, last night, by the way. Five blocks last night. I mean, <laughs> so there you go. But just – go ahead, Deuce. What? The, the physicality Sabonis is facing this year – Bigs in the NBA get screwed so much. And it was the same thing with Shaq back in the day where people used to say, yeah, but Shaq, man, he's so big and physical. Doesn't and matter. It's like, dude, Shaq got beat up a lot, right? Yeah. Like, you're a big. You can get away with a lot when you're defending a big. Oh. And these teams are beating the hell out of Sabonis. There was a play last night where Sabonis, I think he might have grazed Olenek, and Olenek went flying yeah. out of bounds, and they called Sabonis for a foul. Meanwhile, Sabonis is taking kidney shots. From multiple people. And Hack a couple, on the arm. A couple of Utah fans, I don't know if you oh. saw this, actually got in and started punching him too. No call whatsoever. Yeah. Wow. They did nothing about it. Weird. It was wild. Scene, yeah. very, it was wild. Yeah. Very Utah Cameras them. missed it. Oh my God, I'm sure they did. During a break? I, I didn't see it at all. But um, but going back to Walker Kessler and obviously Sabonis and what they weren't executing with him, I thought it was interesting, you guys, because when they played against Minnesota and they played them twice, right? It was that back-to-back. First game, we were like, oh, they really got to go into Rudy Gobert, go into his chest. Like, don't shy away, like, and don't pump fake. He's not going to jump. They made adjustments right away, and they started going into his chest, and which allowed them to get closer to the basket and create more of their shots in the paint that they wanted. Against uh, Walker Kessler, they were like, in the, they couldn't get yeah. in that restricted area and as that, much. Because the zone. Yeah. You know, that zone defense really messed things up for the Kings, especially early on. And they, I thought they did a much better job as the, time, as the game went on, especially coming out of that third quarter. You know, Fox gets it going in the sec, second quarter. Got him kind of within striking distance. Third quarter, what do you know? The Kings get a few stops. They're not getting in their zone because the Kings are pushing and they're getting out in transition, which I thought obviously helped them back, get back in the game. But 
Yeah, I mean, Utah's intriguing. They've got a lot of good size and length and yeah. getting in that zone. I, it, it definitely got the Kings out of rhythm. But I actually thought the big takeaway last night, the defense was just atrocious. I was just so disappointed. You mentioned Monk in the shot selection. I thought his mm. defense was really bad last night. Yeah, the, the defense obviously is still the – that's what people talk about when – I mean, every, even the power rankings, Kings are top five, top six, and people have to just kind of throw it at the bottom. Their defense is still 26th, 25th in the league. That's going to be a thing, and people. That's why the Kings haven't gotten the respect from. I mean, the fear, I guess, from other opposing teams is the fact that they know this offense is definitely going to get what they want, but we can get what we want too. And when you look at last night, I mean, you see down the line. Uh, I think they have what eight players in double figures last night. I mean, that's just crazy. And Rudy Gay scoring eleven over seventeen minutes, dunking on the Kings like it's two thousand thirteen. Shout out Chris he, Dunn. Yeah, Chris Dunn. I actually thought Chris – I'm actually really happy for him. A guy who's been injured so much. We called one of his G League games last year when he was trying to yeah. get back to the league, and he gets an opportunity this year with Utah. And last night, season high in points and assists. He's playing with some force, getting to the basket. But, yeah, that's what I was disappointed with last night. Well, and that's what we were talking about earlier is I feel like the Utah Jazz were also – we have to give them credit. They were playing fantastic. I mean, the way that they came out from the punch, they were, like, setting the tone with, hey, we're going to play this fast. We're going to play this physical. This is how we're going to go. They they came out like they were shorthanded and knew that they all needed to step up. So I give love – to them um i also thought maybe it was a little bit of the fatigue factor kicking in for the kings but yeah. then i go how is it a fatigue factor if you're able to find a way to battle through in that second half and come back it just shows how like this team can dig deep I and mean, they can yeah. dig deep when they need to and they're gonna have to tonight too which i'm sure we're gonna get into Ooh. but uh i mean five games over seven nights is just kind of i mean that's that's a bad hand that you're being dealt by the nba schedule makers and I mean, last night, it just goes to show, and I was telling some friends who are, you know, I think people are overreacting a little bit about this one game. That oh, yeah. They're all, they're all NBA players. These are all guys that are NBA players that are able to perform, and yeah. last night you saw what they could do. I mean, this is not – the Kings have a knack for falling short to teams that are shorthanded. I mean, they've done it already this year. And last night was kind of a, a game where it was – I thought about it. I mean, when was the last time the Kings had a game where you just thought, wow, like, that's really a game they definitely should have won, and, like, they, they didn't – like, the Milwaukee game wasn't that way. They battled, and they fell short to a really good team. Last night was a game where they just they didn't perform to the best of their ability, and the Utah Jazz were very short-handed, had guys yeah. that dug deep on their own, and they came out with the win. So it can happen any night, and that they, just goes to show it. And they got back in the game. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. They had the lead in the fourth quarter. So, like, I, I, I appreciate that they got back after that bad quarter. And, like, this happens in the NBA. Like, if the Kings start making this a theme, sure, be concerned. They just had a three and one road trip. Yeah. They were eleven and three since the break. That's still the best record in the NBA post break. And like I watched the league last night. Julius Randle had fifty seven points against Minnesota. They lost the game. <laughs> That wasn't because Ant went off or Cat. Those guys weren't in the lineup. They were hurt. Torian Prince dropped 35, yeah. knocked down 8 of 8 from 3. Okay. Earlier this week, we are talking about how good the Bucks have looked and how awesome they looked against Sacramento. They go home the other night. They lost to the Pacers without Halliburton. Yeah. like It's the it's, NBA. It, you're going to – you're not – breaking news – not going to win every game. Wow, not going to win every interesting. game. Yeah. Well, and you're not going to win every game, too, though, when your depth isn't also stepping up, right? You look at their bench last night, 28 points off the bench for the Kings. Mm-hmm. And Terrence Davis started jacking up some shots, you know, wasn't playing discipline. Mike Brown said, uh-uh, cutting yeah. it. Played five minutes, yeah. uh, had one point, one free throw. And, you know, it's it's disappointing to see after such a magical game from him that he he can go back to that. But at the same time, it's like 
he didn't get to make his mistakes and then come back in and fix them. It's like, you made mistakes, you're done. Sometimes that's what it's going to be like. And I think they really miss Kevin Herter. I mean, I think, one, he was getting back into a good rhythm again. But two, he he draws so much attention out Mm -hmm. there, right? Like, with with his shooting ability, he opens up so Mm. much for the Kings offense. And he's been really good in the mid-range, too. Yeah, I mean, he's been playing great basketball. Real quick, did you guys get understanding of what the popliteus, am I saying that right, popliteus muscle is? Because we got grilled on with Jason and Dave by some, I think it might have been a doctor or a medical professional on the 209 about, you guys should look and start really understanding this stuff. It'd really be better for your careers. Yeah. Kind of okay. It's like, you know what? Well, I, hey, I, Doc, then you start understanding broadcasting and you come in and do a show and be entertaining. And talk about the because popliteus. you do your job, I'll do mine is what you and say, that's Frankie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's great if you come in and chime in and tell us more about the popliteus so then we Tell me. Yeah. Like, you're the expert. Tell yeah. me about it. Like, what I, a rude And how about this? How about this? Come up with easier names, doctors. What? Hey, what's this muscle <laughs> called? A popliteus. <laughs> What? <laughs> it was a doctor for the t- 209 guys, just like, to let you know. So, <laughs> As the voices of the 209 Stockton Kings, we take great offense to what you just said, Chris. But can we come up with Dr. better names? Papitas. How about this? You know what's easy to say? What? Pop. Thigh. Thigh? Well, it's not th- <laughs> thigh. It's, Arm. Well, it's not the thigh. It's leg. like behind the knee. It, yeah. yeah. No, no, but why do the... we Leg. Arm, well, finger, they, but then like deep inside the body is like Politus Maliko Lalalo. They're like dinosaur That's names. What it is, They're Malalo? dinosaur names. I am like, I don't know how to say that. Fi- yeah, fibula. Okay, I can go. That's fine. Right, fine. But you start going deeper. It's like, no, make this easier. You want me to understand? It's like, yeah, you don't understand. That's why we call the ACL. What does ACL stand for? I know what it stands for. Anterior cruci- crucial ligament. Yeah, you barely know it. I don't. See, I you barely, barely know. Good job. But good job. I wow. barely Wait, can know you it. say it one more time, please? Anterior. Is it crucial? No. What is it? How do you know? It's, I, I think, are I you think, a doctor? See, see what's bad is it's, it's the cruciate, I believe. Cruciates. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm it's not a, it's a, doctor. a very crucial ligament. That's why they call it. It's, well, it's crucial. crucial ligament. It's crucial. What's the MCL? Uh, meniscus no something? No, the medial collateral uh, ligament, guys. I just thought that, that had to do with meniscus. We're in medical school today. But, Med- yeah. Medical hour. Yeah. <laughs> we'll teach you about the human body. So going body. back to Kevin Herter, yeah. the Kings miss him. Yeah, absolutely. They miss him. I mean, it hurts. I mean, last night you saw it again. What is it? What do you got? Brooke in the chest says it's Latin. All that stuff's Latin. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I don't know anything. That's okay. Yeah, my bad. I don't either. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it's made easier. They use Latin because it's a dead language, so you know it will never change. Yeah. There you go. Because in 500 years, we might be calling the thigh something else. Shout out knee. Shout out thigh. Arm, finger, toe. (laughs) Shout out. Head. Head. Face. Nose. Ear. Nose. Eyes. Easy. Eyes. Easy. It's back. I, I'm, head. Back. I'm shoulders, fine with all the names. Foot. But knees. Also, ankle. Toes. I just don't want people judging me when I don't know a exactly. certain body because that's not what I went to school for. And that's what happened. They are like, yeah, you guys really should brush up on this stuff. I mean, I don't think I need to. I really it, – it's not my place to teach someone medical – you know, I – Medical information. Yeah, don't do that. I'd like to understand you. it. Then I can relay, oh, yeah, I know what it is now. It's a it's a muscle in the back here like that helps with balance. That's what it is. Ooh. That's what the popliteus muscle it does. So Kevin so, Herter, he going to be good? I don't know. That's the thing. I, I mean, he was getting shots up, G-Man. Got him getting shots up. But I, I feel like you sit him out till Friday at least. We'll see what it is. We got, we'll talk more about it coming up in 60 seconds. We're going to take a break on the radio side. We're always live. YouTube.com slash Sports 1140.
live and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. Boston in town tonight. Celtics favored by five against the Sacramento Kings. Kings playing in a back-to-back. Their fifth game in seven nights. Hey, it's Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, alongside SacktownSports.com's Frankie Cardicelli, who is constantly covering the Kings on SacktownSports.com. Go check out all of his content there. So this game against Celtics, Robert Williams is expected to be back tonight. I don't know if he's going to be on a minute restriction, but he had missed the last eight games they were four and four during that stretch. Boston seven and six since the break. I was trying to remember what happened the last time these two teams met up. And Morgan, that was actually a game we did together on TV. Really? Wow. Oh, oh! It was and fun for a second. Yeah, went, they lost one twenty-two to one hundred four. Sacramento struggled shooting that night. They shot forty-one percent. They were nine for thirty-six from downtown in that game. It was weird because the Kings came out and they were awful in the first quarter. They yep. had 10 turnovers in the first quarter, end up being down 14 at the end of one. But by halftime, it was a two-point game. Kings took the lead late third quarter. It was 84-82, final two minutes of the quarter. Celtics go on a 16-0 run. That bleeds into the fourth quarter, 19-0, and the Kings lost that game. Dude, I I do remember that. And that was – there's so many th- – parts of it that was frustrating, but I was also glad about the way that they battled back. But it was one of the more disappointing games performances that we had seen from the Kings this season. That's I, that's how I felt when I was watching that one. So you get to take this team on again later in the season. You you play differently. You have obviously different pieces, especially if Kevin Herter isn't playing and Kessler Edwards is still in the starting lineup. We'll see about that. Um, they're rested. You're on your home floor. Robert Williams is going to be playing. Yep. What they do defensively when he's on the floor compared to when he's not on the floor is night and not night and day. But it is, it, they're way better defensively they, when he plays. Way yeah. better. So I'm a little nervous. How about you? I mean, I wouldn't say I'm nervous. I think obviously it's it's a it's a daunting task going into a game like today against Boston. Like you said, five games, seven nights, and Boston's the best road team in the NBA. That of course that holds some weight for sure, but. The Kings have proven they can get up to the challenge. They can beat good teams. And that game in Boston, it was a long time ago. The Kings are, in my mind, a different team than they were back then. But even in that game, they they battled back. And I remember that game, too. I think it was Peyton Pritchard and Hauser were hitting threes down the stretch. I mean, in the end of the third quarter, helped take that. It was bad. It was bad. The Kings were in, not control, but they had kind of steadied the ship. And then things just completely fell apart. Kind of like last night, I guess, where things got sloppy late. But um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how, they can, how they're going to get up for the challenge how an exhausted team will play. I mean, I don't know if the injury report is out yet. It probably comes out any minute, but mm. I'd like to know if everybody's fully available. I mean, outside of Kevin Herter, like we just talked about off the air, I think it'd be, it makes sense to hold him off till the weekend if he does come back this weekend. There's a back-to-back on set Friday, Saturday as well, so uh, even playing in one of those would make sense. I mean, the Kings are not in a position right now to hit the panic button, and while I miss Kevin Herter and how he's been playing, I don't think we need to hit the panic button and, and throw him out there when he's yeah. resting. But it'd be nice to have the Kings fully healthy against the Celtics team to get a full gauge of, of who they are and against a team at this caliber. But 
the Kings have already shown they can be good teams, and uh, I'm excited for the challenge. And to see how they look in the second go-around with this team. That's it. I That's been my favorite thing about the Kings this season is their in-season adjustments when they take on a team for the second time, right? Like, I think we were talking about that with Mark Schindler earlier, and he was saying how he noticed from even the first Bucks game to this Bucks game, it's not only that they got better as a team, it's how they attack a team's weaknesses, They they how they game plan, how they watch film. Um, and really understand the personnel of their opponents. And I think the Kings against Boston, I think this could be a really fun, competitive matchup. Um, They just really got to push through anything that they're feeling, whether they're tired mentally or physically. Yeah, it's got to be... Tonight is fighting through the mental and physical fatigue and understanding that if you get to the finish line tonight... You you're sleep? off until Friday. Yes, you you're get off to sleep. In, you, you sleep in your own you get bed. Get a rest. You get a rest a little bit. I can't imagine that they would have practice tomorrow. I know Mike Brown wants to practice all the time. You got to give them tomorrow off. They normally don't. They normally, yeah. at least for us, yeah. from a media standpoint, they don't give us availability after back to back. So I'd hope they, do some they treatment, take a day, full day. Yeah. maybe some film, whatever. Did but, you- what? Just take a break. Did you read the uh, Zach Lowe piece at yeah. all? So did you see when they were talking about like the, the practices? It's like college. <laughs> Kevin said it's like college. I mean, it's like every day. I mean, the, the guys said that too, and I don't think it's necessarily a, a bad thing, but for times like these where it's, we're getting close to the playoffs, the guys are playing almost every night. There's some bumps and bruises. I mean, even if they're not listed on the injury report, Demonis Sabonis has been taking a beating. I mean, mm. I, I worry a little bit about him, about him getting some time off, and I think it will come down to, can the Kings, this magic number business, can they get it down to zero pretty soon? Can they lock in home court? And can they rest some of these guys? I mean, the, the race for the one seed and the two seed, we'll see how that unfolds. But most importantly, getting home court and just getting some rest to me is, is the main priority. And getting rest for Demonis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox is, is right there, too. That's the one thing about last night that's annoying, right? Is yeah. like, if you get off to a good start and you just handle your business, maybe you're getting Sabonis and Fox rest. Yeah. And that's, that's what sucks. It's like... I'd rather be a little more rested going into tonight's game. Did you feel like Domas was being a little passive last night, by the way? Yeah. See, that's what I'm wondering. Because remember, his right – I mean, he's got the hand issues. The right mm-hmm. hand, of course, the first Washington game. Yeah. And then the left hand. It, both hands looked like they were a little banged up. And I don't know if he was hesitant last night. I don't know if that was more about the size that Walker Kessler brought to the table. It, it seemed to me – I mean, I, I don't – are you asking if you think it was injury-related? Like, or you think not, he was kind of favoring? Maybe favoring it a little sure. bit. Sure. Yeah. I think he's definitely going through some things. I mean, that hand is still broken. His, yeah. his right hand is still broken. Uh, obviously, we see the hits he takes. He's a human being. I mean, even though he does seem inhuman, sometimes he seems like someone that's just like a superhero. Yeah. He's he's feeling those. He's feeling those hits to the face and the head and the side and, and the other hand, too, like you mentioned. Um, I don't think it's anything that's, that's going to hinder him on the floor. I mean, he's he's a warrior. He's out there every day battling. He's so tough. And even like last night, I saw the postgame quotes from the guys at the beat is him saying like, you know, Got to come out tomorrow. Got to play hard tomorrow. Got to show up tomorrow. He's not. I don't think he's even thinking about taking some time off right now. No. But, um, Just know that if the Kings win tonight, I am going to be at a different level really? tonight and tomorrow. Really? Yeah, it would be the it would be like biggest I game of the year for you. This is like so, obviously so far, but this would be the biggest win, win this biggest game, win of the year. 5 games in 7 nights. Boston's playing all their guys. They're not resting Horfer like they do sometimes. Robert Williams, Tatum, Brown, I mean, unless something's changing. They've got their squad here tonight. You, it's the final game of their road trip, six games, but they have a couple of days off, enjoying yeah. time. This would be a massive win. Are you going to be super disappointed no. if they Okay. I'm expecting a loss tonight. Okay. So what... I mean, I think to break in a minute, so I guess I'll, I'll pose no. it right now, but um, 
what what like what is your greatest goal for tonight then? I mean, obviously going into I think the Milwaukee game, that was if and I'm I'm tired of, of silver lining losses too. I'm tired of morale victories too. So no one go at me and say no morale victories. Morale victories instead of morale. The famous like morale that. victories. Yeah, the morale victories. Morale, I like that morale, better. Moral. I mean, I, I like morale. I think morale. Better. I think morale is that's what people say. Morale victories like, sound like. Wait, you're it's right. Like, I say moral, but morale. It's like aunt and say aunt. It's like yeah. aunt and aunt. No, no morale. Not, I'm thinking more of morality. You're fine. Yeah. You're fine. I say morale. I hear morale. You're fine. It's so moral. go on. You're sick of those. See, I wanted to see that against Milwaukee. I yeah. wanted to see them come out and battle and not get beat, like beat down. Yeah, so competitive. I, to, I don't know what you guys want to see tonight. So I want to see the same thing. Yeah. Give your, same thing. Give yourself. I do, do not make this a game where you get, one, you have to get off to a good start tonight. This cannot be Ugh. digging yourself a hole no. early like you did in that first matchup, like you did last night. Quick start because I think tonight, if you get the crowd on your side early... The place is going to be hot tonight. You could feed off of that. That that can give you. These are the nights you you lean on. One, the bench. The bench has to be better tonight. The bench has to give you something. Mm-hmm. Monk, Mitchell, Lyle. Those guys have to bring it. And then the crowd's got to be engaged big time. You get that crowd into it, it can push you over the edge. Paul Pierce will be in the building t- tonight. Yeah. yeah, and I hope he gets booed. Same. Like what? What? Poop your pants, like Paul. Paul, Paul pants. Pierce is here. Let's all praise Paul. He's a Celtic. Does he have a tie to Sacramento? No. I, well, Matt Barnes. I mean, it's his bud. That's fine, but we're like uh, celebrating it like like, like Chris Webber's in the house tonight. I don't care that Paul Pierce is there. It's cool. I, he said some nice things about the Kings, but I mean, yeah, is he, him and Kevin Garnett. Is he wearing a Kings hat on a core side tonight? Honestly, let's get him one. I'd rather have Kevin Garnett here. I mean, I wish KG would come instead. <laughs> hey, I'll say this, though. Major love to KG and Pierce because they, Hell on yeah. their Showtime show, have been on the Kings yes. from the jump, they've been talking about him. They weren't waiting till now. They weren't waiting until two weeks ago. They've been talking about them for months now, giving them their love. As KG said, the Kings are effing weird. Thank you. Is that KG or Pierce? That's Pierce. Pierce. Yeah. Uh, what, what, is he, what is he doing? Laughing? Uh, I want to say it was someone... It was the interview where someone was saying something bad about the Kings, and he's like, eh, I don't Ooh. think so. Yeah. I like it. Oh, it's, it's when DeMarcus was kind yeah, of yeah. questioning things that Dallas could beat him. <sighs> That's exactly uh, okay. what it was. Yeah. Paul Pierce also thinks he's, I think he said he had a better career than Dwayne Wade. Is that? Okay. Did he say that? I believe he said he hey, had a better career than Dwayne Wade. The clip I up. saw earlier this week when Brown uh, and Tatum sat down with KG and Pierce. And oh, they yeah. were asking him about when he was in the wheelchair in the NBA Finals and if he pooped, you know, his pants. Yeah. It, it was a great interaction. Oh, it was a yeah. wonderful He's backpedaling now. He's backpedaling off saying he pooped his pants. Yeah. I think he did both. I think he did get hurt a little bit, but I think the injury caused him to go dookie. Oh, white, sh- <laughs> white shorts. Can't, can't get yeah. up the knees. <laughs> dookie? You never called dookie? Of course I do. Oh. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting it. It's probably one of the funniest ways you can say that. I hate you. Okay. I hate you so Frankie, much. we'll see you at the arena tonight. I appreciate you hanging out You're with us, man. Awesome. Yeah. Thank Make you. Make sure to check him out, sacktownsports.com. He'll have post game coverage tonight. And uh, yeah, it's King Celtics coming up next. We'll look closer at that matchup, what Zach Lowe had to say about the Kings. And story time with, with Chris Berlund, baby. baby. It's all straight ahead on Sacktown Sports 1140. Mason, Morgan Reagan. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. How we doing? How we doing? Hey, oh. 
We got Cal Zarami coming up at two. King Celtics. It's a big one tonight from G One C. Hello. I'm excited. I am excited too. See, and that's the one good thing about like the way we're feeling right now, and we've complained way too much about how tired we are. But it's it it's exhilarating when you have a big game. Exactly. When's the last time the Kings were relevant? On March 21st. Yeah. It just doesn't happen anymore. So here we are. With the Kings getting a big test tonight. Dude. Let's go. No, it's so true, Deuce. It's all about perspective in all of this. And it's like, like we have some of the funnest gigs in the whole world. Like, you know, and especially in this town. And this is so cool to be able to experience. And I think that's been one of the things that, like, just keeps me going is truly how fun Mm. this team is to watch because away games if i'm not working nbc i'm on my couch watching and i'm exhausted from the day but then there's the kings and they're just fun it does it keeps you watching i wonder how many people just turned off the game at the end of the first last night and i think today you it's hard to turn off an nba game yeah you get down 20 20 that's easy can we just appreciate the basketball mind for a second no, just we, you ju- no, we no, just no, 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 had no. to appreciate your haircut and no, your. That was during the break. Now we're back on. I do want to say this: appreciate the basketball mind because I was telling people four years ago, twenty point leads are really like fourteen point leads. Mm-hmm. They're not much anymore. Mm-hmm. Kings are down twenty five. Teams get down twenty five all the time. You can't turn off an NBA game unless you're down like forty. Now that's the rule. If you're down, if you're down thirty seven, I think that's fair, Chris. If you're down thirty seven points. You're probably not coming back. But if you're down 30, we can get back in the game. Yeah. It's like, a, it's easy. Which, I mean, I think all of us knew that the Kings would take the lead at some point, right? Which they did. Right? See? He oh, knew. my God. So, but there's a lot of people who turned off the game last my night. My brother and my mom both texted that they're If ash. you're in this building right now and you turned it off, like, don't come back into the building. Don't come back. Simone well, turned off no. the game Come on, Simone. Are you kidding me? No, but even my... Christopher Lodd turned off the game? I didn't turn off the game. Rami turned off the game. Maybe. Maybe Nick Cattles did not turn off the game, did he? He... uh, No, I can't see. I can't see Nick doing that. Well, my mom and my brother that did, they came came back. Oh, now now you're going to get on Twitter and you see that it's closed? I was cussing at them, calling them casuals, and we were all laughing about it because then I was excited to have them there in our little text thread for the end of the game. But it's so true. It's like with this King squad, you never know when and how they're going to battle back. And even the battle back was fun Mm -hmm. to watch. You know, like even if you didn't feel like that, okay, are they going to actually pull this one off? Um, It felt like they could. And there's been times where I felt like, oh, there's no way that they'll get back into this one. Every time they've proven me wrong with just like how they yeah. creep back into it. They've proven a lot of people wrong. And we were talking a little bit ago about Zach Lowe's piece on the Kings. We went over some of it, but the very end of it was interesting. He says, to sum it up, the Kings still have a ton of prove. Rivals respect them, but they don't fear them yet. Mm. They don't have a ton of stylistic or rotational variety. They rank 25th in points allowed per possession with limitations at several key positions, including Sabonis's shaky rim protection. But there are hints that they might be better than that on defense. They nail a lot of the low-hanging fundamentals, transition defense, rebounding, foul avoidance. They don't allow many threes or shots at the rim. Opponents have shot well uh, from almost every range. Is that some of, the, some of that bad luck, or is that a result of the Kings being a bit small across the board? 
The playoffs will be telling. The Kings are gearing up for the challenge. They're eager to test themselves. Sabonis is at peace. He thinks back to the flight when he found out about the news and reading all those tweets and the things he repeated uh, to himself. He says, I know what I bring as a player. The Kings wanted me. They wanted to build the team around Fox and me. The goal was to change the franchise. The comments didn't matter. What matter is how much the Kings loved me. I adore that on so many different levels. I mean, he talked about early on in the piece how much it just mattered, you know, getting love once he did get love and cheers from the fans once he was into after getting criticized all over the place on social media. And then when you have the people that you battle with, love you, trust you, love hanging out around you, it just makes the world of a difference. So teams respect the Kings, but they don't fear them. What's it going to take for teams to fear the Kings? Winning. Is that playoffs? Winning. Playoff success? Yep. I mean, that's that's what it, it has to be. Because why do you think, even when we talk about the Warriors and how they look right now, and they have only have eight wins on the road, we still, not all of us, some of us still have that little bit of a fear. Ooh, fear. And it's and that fear is the experience in the winning and the things that they have accomplished. And that's where with the Kings you can build that. I think with the Grizzlies, it would have been that, but now it's starting to look like fake toughness, right? Like win something more consistently and then we'll be scared. John Morant is coming back tomorrow against the Houston Rockets. I'm eager to see how they look. They've won three in a row. They had a nice bounce back win last night against the Mavs team that I don't think is very good, especially without Luka. But they came back from 16 down and beat the Mavs last night in Memphis. They get Bob back. The schedule has been kind of favorable for them a bit. I don't know, man. I I just I think without Stephen Adams, without Brandon Clark, they've lost a lot, and I, I don't know that they're going to be much of a legit like championship level threat in the Western Conference. So yeah, I think their vibes have shifted a little bit, and that's really where things are going with them. But they've done a good job, obviously, building that padding to be where they are in the Western Conference. Um, but a lot of teams have them not fully figured out, but they've exposed some things. Well, Kings and Celtics coming up. We have one more break. When we come back, we'll make our predictions. Will the beam be lit tonight? We'll also take a couple of calls. People are hanging out with us. And story time with Chris Berlod. It's straight ahead. We're always live. YouTube.com slash Jackdown Sports 1140. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. On Sacktown Sports. We got Cattles and Rami coming up at 2. Of course, you should know that this station is live and local from 6A to 6P content all day long. You can get it at SacktownSports.com. It's more than just the shows. You've got articles about Sacramento Kings by Frankie Cardicelli, too. It's all at SacktownSports.com and the free Sacktown Sports app. And, of course, shows are on YouTube. It's a good way to watch the show because you can chat with other fans. YouTube.com slash SacktownSports1140. We got story time with Chris Verla in just a second. Want to get mixed in a couple of people? Yeah. People want to chat? Let's uh, check in with Big Ben. What's up, Benny? What's up, guys? You and Mo. Man, I love you guys. Hey, what's up? Good energy, hey, Ben. Hey, so I want to talk about the Kings loss real quick, and I just want to get your uh, just opinion on it hurts. I get it. We shouldn't have lost. But doesn't it take a few of those games – for a championship-type team, now I'm not saying the Kings are, but a 
successful team to just get kind of slapped in the mouth a couple of times when we definitely should have won that game. You know, what, what is your guys' thoughts on that? Because I'm okay, even though it hurts as a Kings fan, I'm okay with getting a good loss like that because it lights a fire into their butts. What do you guys think? Yeah, appreciate the call, man. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, you know, it's by, by the time this show ends, I'm already over the loss, especially when they have a game tonight. I'm just like, it's done. We, we talked about last night. We talked about today. Can it, a game like that help you? Yeah, I think if anything, it can wake you up. Like, we got to be engaged from the start, especially tonight when you're taking on a really good Boston team. Yeah, and I... That I didn't feel, I think I said this early on, I've said this to you, like it wasn't this disappointment in the team that I felt, but I, I felt that uh, disappointed that they just couldn't capitalize to add a little extra padding to uh, their win column against a team that was shorthanded. But like we've said, it's the NBA, these things happen, um, and they found a good way to obviously fight back when that adversity hit. It's just they should have never put themselves in that situation in the first place, but Jazz giving credit to them, setting the tone in that one. Let's uh, check in with uh, our good friend. Coach Nick is here. Hey! What's up, Nick? Hi, Dusamo. <laughs> Hi, Nick. What's up? Well, we're going to have to... We're gonna. Ha- I'm wearing. You can see that I'm wearing my why not shirt today. I, I actually can't see you. You're on the phone, Nick. Or there's no FaceTime. Well, but I believe I, you. I you are. Say, why not wear the shirt today? Why not wear the shirt today? All I right. love it. But what's the real? The real question is: the Celtics are in town. The Celtics are really good, Nick. They were in the NBA Finals last year. They're one of the best teams in the NBA. Well, are you worried about the Celtics? I, I'm kind of worried about it, but we're gonna have to do this. You know, right now I'm downtown Sacramento. Hanging out, chilling, you know. Are you looking for Celtics to... players? No, I'm not. Okay. Because you don't like the Celtics. No, we need to win tonight. Light the beam tonight. Light the beam. What's your message to the Celtics when they come into Sacramento? Uh, you are going to get beat. We're going to light the beam right in front of you guys. Ooh, in your face. Anything right, are you going to be at the game tonight, Morgan? <laughs> Nick, you already know this answer. You will not. No, I'll be. I'll be there. I won't be working on NBC uh, set though. Okay, I'm gonna come see Deuce and Mo- I'm gonna go see Deuce Mason tonight. All right, All right Nick. Uh, why not? Why not? Why not? Sleep right. beams, Nick. Sleep beams. <laughs> I love that guy so much. He brings me so much joy. You know what else I love? What? Some darkness. Oh. Some stories. Oh. Let's get ready for a little story time with Christopher Loud, baby! We interrupt this program for an important announcement. It's that time of the day where Christopher Loud gives you the stories that you need to hear. Or maybe not. Story time. Christopher Loud, baby! I was a little upset with my villain yesterday, Nate. Yeah. Because I sent him. Because, like, I have to. I thought his name was Nick. His name's Nate. He's trolling. Go I on. I thought it was Nick. Anyway, go ahead. So I, I was, I, I saw he's like, oh, I could come up with a story. I said, got the perfect one for you. If I was there, this is what I would tell. And he's like, oh, I, I want to talk about how I got hit by a car that one time that I tell all the time. <laughs> he does not appreciate what story time is. No. Uh, yeah, I, he's trying to make it about himself, and you're, yeah. you're a newsman. I've never made it about myself. A newsman. No. How about we go across the pond? Hello. Hello, across the pond. Mind to, the gap. To Norfolk, United Kingdom. This is courtesy of the BBC. Okay. okay. 
The Norfolk City Council sent a letter to Stuart Dobson that they were sorry to hear about his death and informed him he could fill out some paperwork to get a council tax exemption. So not only did they send it to a person that they thought had died, but it was a letter for paperwork for him to to do this tax information yeah. so he could get a tax exemption on his on his business. Stuart Dobson is very much alive. He hand-delivered the council a letter asking them, do I look dead to you? Wow. And then on the letter he, he delivered, he said, quote, Dear sirs, I have today received an ill-informed letter from you telling me that I passed away. It occurs to me that not only the SNDC would write to a deceased person and ask them to fill in a canceled tax form, one doubts their sanity and rational thinking when taking such an action. You clearly will not be receiving too many replies. Maybe this is your master plan. It appears that your staff need to concentrate and get a grip on facts and reality and not foolishly send out such ridiculous and incorrect documentation, which cost me time and distress. Very upset. Please, okay. Please tell me there's a happy ending to this because I want... I and by happy, what, do you want worse? Yes, yeah. I do. So what makes the matter worse is a letter was sent to Mr. Dobson a month after his wife of 54 years had died. Oh. The okay. city council apologized and said it was a case of human error. Okay, so... Initially, I hated that guy. The okay. way he cursed set up the story, I'm like, "This guy, well, get a grip! It's a little mistake." Oh, I, 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 I you know, what I was thinking, I was what? like, "It's gonna, Chris is gonna tell us he died like the next day or something." And it turns out the guy was emotional because his wife just died. Yeah, but and that's sad. It's really sad. <laughs> it's super sad. But that's why it's also like, I understand human error, but do your job. It's a big human error. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, I think I got time for one more because we want to get to your previews. Whatever. Go. So let's go to Seabrook, New Hampshire. Oh, okay. To all the Celtics fans uh, listening to us today. Ugh. This is courtesy of the WMUR9. A woman from Maine is under arrest after allegedly calling in a fake bomb threat to a local wa- Walmart in Jeez. Seabrook, New Hampshire. Okay. The woman was arrested at a Best Western Hotel in Seabrook and was charged with false reports as to explosive, false reports to law enforcement, False public alarm, criminal threatening, and possession of a controlled drug. Now, you're probably wondering, how did they find this woman out? How did, were they able to find her if she just called in a bomb threat? Uh, I, I they mean, track down yeah, the number, I thought right? it was easy. Yeah. Well, the way they were able to track the woman down immediately is because she made the threat on speakerphone in an Uber <laughs> on her way to the shopping center. The driver <laughs> dropped her off, called the police, said, like, hey... I just had this person in my car just say that they were threatening a bomb. Could you imagine you're like picking up someone? They're making a call in your in your car as you drive them, which, by the way, is super annoying. Right. Like, get off your phone. Right. And then drops a bomb threat while you're driving. You're like, I would not. T- I'd be like, hey, man, get out of my car now. Yeah, I'd be like, we're here. We're at your destination. Get out. Out. <laughs> like. Well, bare minimum, we don't do bomb threats in my vehicle. Yeah, bare but that might, it might take a hit to your to your rating, your rating? Yeah, yeah. I don't think she's gonna be leaving yeah. a rating that's not her first thought yeah what her rating is this driver forced me to get out he wouldn't even let me make a bomb threat to Walmart yeah I think they could uh... we are so sorry to hear about that <laughs> please accept five dollars yeah, in yeah. Uber bucks wait give us one more no I'm not done with this oh, story yet oh hell yeah so why would you call in a bomb threat well, I wouldn't do I that I wouldn't Chris, Chris. 
Maybe, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't. What would be a good reason to do it? There's no good reason. There, I'm not even going to tell you unless, okay, unless. Um, what if there was a ton of bad guys in the Walmart and they were. And you're trying, and, and actually, yeah, people were held hostage. Yeah, yeah. And so but, you're like, the police can't go. I have to use code words. So you use the bomb threat thing. Okay, there you go. Okay, so hmm. the officers say she called in the threat because her boyfriend was about to get arrested for shoplifting at the Dick's Sporting Goods from, across from the Walmart. Ah, a distraction. So he was he was shoplifting. They're like, dude, we caught you. So he was hiding out in a uh, dressing room. So she's like, I'm going to call in a bomb threat. All the cops are going to go to the Walmart across the street from it, and maybe he'll be able to sneak his way out. He, I, you know what? There was no update on the boyfriend, so maybe it worked. It no. could have worked. And what do you think he's stealing at the Dick's Sporting Goods? Well, I mean, there's a lot of different things. I haven't been to a Dick's. They sell. They, I mean, from... my. I think they even sell like guns there. Oh, or, uh, no, maybe no. they don't sell guns anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying it could have been dangerous. Could have been a basketball. Could have been a gun. We just don't know. Oh, yeah, but like, God. what? <laughs> why are you going to prison for years? I mean, like, because if he gets picked up for shoplifting, like, what's the worst uh, that could happen? Go to jail? I don't or know. Like I've never shoplifted. A week, maybe. Okay. Pay, oh, pay really? Fine. That's it. Pay a fine. You're not. You're not going to jail as much as threatening to blow up a building. Wait. Do, okay. Okay. Yeah. I uh, guess that was story time with Chris for a lot. That was hilarious. Chris. What a ride today. See, I got a couple more, but they go together. And once you see that tomorrow, you'll we see have like, tomorrow. Oh, yeah, tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow. All right. King Celtics tonight. Yeah. Does a beam get lit? Um. I sure hope so. I oh. just I have my doubts. It's tough. Five games, seven nights. Boston Celtics team rested. Top four in offense and defense. It's gonna be a tough one. I say Celtics win. Mm. So Sacramento, do cool hand a favor oh. and light the beam. That's your prediction, Chris. They're coming out hungry. They're Woo! upset with themselves over oh. last night. That's all they've been thinking about is getting a hold of the Celtics night. Prove me wrong, please. <laughs> we'll be back to talk about it tomorrow. Coming up next, it's Kettles and Rami. We love you, but we got to go. See ya.